0: What's up all you beautiful people? How you doing? How you been? Happy Thursday. It's June 24th. And uh we're coming to you with another episode of the Bartcast. Um what did you do? What how why has it been so long, Hobart, you might ask? Uh well, Last week, I decided to take a trip down to LA to visit some family that I haven't seen in like a year and a half. And it was awesome. It's the part of LA that I get to go to is really awesome because my family's based in West LA. So I, I definitely got to jump in the ocean. The water feels really warm to me, having grown up in the North Bay, um, and got to see my lovely aunt and my cousin. Who is the guest one of the guests of this of this uh this episode more on that later um but yeah, I've been thinking today, you know one of the nice things about or I should say one of the things that I like about getting into the creative practices uh that i'm that I engage in. Is, you know, one of the most, one of the favorite things. Maybe this makes me, you know, a good consumer and you can feel how you're going to feel about that. But I can't deny that, uh, that getting into, you know, any kind of technical art realm, uh, there is a part of it that really appeals to me and that is nerding out about gear. You know, whether you're a musician or a painter or, you know, or a videographer like myself or a podcaster, um, there's gear, there's good gear, there's bad gear, there's a whole world of gear and, uh, and you can spend countless hours watching YouTube review videos before you make your final decision. And then when you do, uh, when you do make that decision, you know, it can be quite the investment. As uh, as I've just made, and uh, my reason for bringing it up, I finally got my new camera. I'm so excited. Um, Got a Sony A7S3. For all you camera nerds like myself out there, you know it's an amazing, uh, amazing feat of engineering. And I got a really nice lens for it. It It's very expensive. a big investment for my business, but. I'm thinking ahead, and uh, it's definitely going to get me more work. So I'm really excited about putting it to use. However, you know, earlier this week, you know, I ordered the lens on Amazon because I had trouble finding it in other places, the specific lens that I wanted. And I was a little bit uh, worried about that. You know, Amazon, huge company, but they really aren't always... uh, let's just say the quality of their service can sometimes leave something to be desired Having being such a huge company. And I'm sitting in my room, as one does, uh, which overlooks the the, uh, porch where the packages are left, and I watch the delivery driver, I think it was a UPS driver, takes my package, and this package is containing a $1,200 lens that I bought, and from the bottom of my steps, about 12 steps, hucks it and just throws it up onto the deck. Probably about a, a 10 to 12 foot toss with this delicate, masterful piece of engineering that that uh, is in the package. And, you know, I've tried, you know, I've done some preliminary tests. I don't know if there's anything wrong with the lens. I don't have all the gear to test it out fully, but man, like... It was so whack <laughs> it's so it like doesn't matter if even if it works perfectly for the rest of my life, I have this knowledge of that this like lens has been tossed just so casually, and uh, I spent half the day trying to get through the tangled web of Amazon customer support, and um they weren't really able to to provide me with any great resolution on that, which was disappointing um nonetheless, I'm really stoked on my gear I have an amazing camera setup now and it's going to allow me to begin to put out more video focused content. Um, I have been incubating an idea with with a friend uh, and I'm getting ready in the coming months to launch another podcast that's going to be a video podcast and it's going to be amazing. So stay tuned for more on that but getting another camera is going to allow me a lot Uh, flexibility in how i how i you know execute this new project so hooray for projects hooray for new new things to reach for and um i think that's a good segue on to my guests today uh because these are two young gents who are really uh they're really striking out on their own and they've really uh, put forward a great effort in, in creating their own, I want to say like franchise almost. It's not a franchise, but their own enterprise. That's a better word. Their own enterprise. Two young, you know, burgeoning entrepreneurs striking out, trying to fulfill the American dream of of, of uh, being their own bosses and running their own business. And uh, And I'm really proud of them. I was really impressed. Uh, Sitting down and talking to them, but also getting to go see their gallery that they've just launched. This is my cousin, Pietro Alexander, and his friend, Sasha Filiminov. They're young recent graduates, uh, met together in college on the East Coast, and have since launched their studio in L.A. called SPY, sorry that's spy projects i wanted to make sure i got the name right um and they're doing it they just had their first uh show in this gallery and it was a huge success um and it's just really cool to see young people getting engaged in the arts and creating their own artistic ecosystem uh through which you know they can realize their dreams uh I got to say Sasha is an amazing artist and we recorded this podcast at his studio up in Bel Air of all places, These the, the genuine Fresh Prince, if you will. That's P-R-I-N-T-S, Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Um, but it was really cool. It was like driving up like mansion, 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 oh, artist studio. And uh, we could even just look and see a couple like crazy estates. Uh, from the deck that we shot this, and uh, and it was just really fun. You know, they're young dudes; they're making their way. They've got like a whole lot of style and sass, and I love that about them. And I had a really good time just connecting and trying to get into their brain. We definitely talk about the art world, and you hear their their uh, their frustrations with it, as well as their dreams for what they're trying to do in creating their own mold. Um, We get into some politics and, uh, and I don't think anybody got triggered in this conversation. So that's a win, you know, that's, that's a rare thing these days. Um, But they were both so gracious and really just genuine and, uh, and, and really inspiring. You know, it's, it's really inspiring to see people reaching for their creative dreams um, at the, especially at this age, so. I have so much love in my heart for these boys, and I really want to do everything I can to promote their projects and to spread the word about it and just to get people engaged. So go check them out, Spy Projects. Um, But without further ado, let me introduce to you my guests for today. That is Pietro Alexander and Sasha Filiminov on this episode 33 of the BartCast. Great to hear from you. What a surprise. In a recent interview with The Nuance, Pietro Alexander explained how the ideas of transition and endings influenced the show's production, and I quote, The concept behind it, it kind of goes with the name. It's that we're all starting again. It's something to inaugurate the end of the pandemic, the end of school for us, and all those sort of different endings. Pee-pee-poo-poo, added Filimonov. Pee-pee-poo-poo-pee-pee. <laughs> it's like, I would say that's a glowing endorsement right there.
1: Awesome. Yeah, that was fantastic.
0: That was an, an amazing. Uh, that was what was that that we just listened to? Where did that? Where did we take that from again?
1: The that little clip right there. that's
2: yeah. a unpub unpublished interview or yet to be published interview with Nuance Magazine. Some
0: yeah. Pulitzer worthy yeah. material right there. We're coming live from Bel Air. <laughs> <laughs> I can honestly say, like, I when I drove down here to do this interview, I did not think I would be recording a podcast in Bel Air. But uh, the the air is pretty bell, and I'm feeling pretty fresh. I think we can see, like, Al Pacino's mansion over there. Yeah, literally
2: right there. Yeah. There's a cabana right there. There's
0: Dustin Hoffman's weird castle.
3: Yeah.
0: Do you ever hear any, like, weird uh, celebrity noises? Actually, the Actually,
2: there is... A pretty regular drone noise in this canyon that I can never actually see the drone. and mm. I'm naked, or naked up here pretty frequently, okay. so uh, I have been paying attention.
0: Giving them their money's worth?
2: Exactly. Yeah. Well, I've been attempting to, but can never... I don't know where the camera's at, you know?
0: Yeah, you kind of just got to assume that the camera's always on you. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> I mean, in this neighborhood. When you're I,
0: trying to tan your loins on the deck?
1: I was walking from where I parked my car and there's a, one of the houses has the like address in gold, just big gold numbers, twelve hundred, and the entire house is black marble tiled on the, <laughs> around it. I like was like I felt I I really I was like pe- peeking inside like through the bushes trying to see what the interior was like and the whole time I just I just see these cameras just like buzzing around. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, that one up the hill. Yeah, dude. Oh, they just built there? that one. They just built that one. God, I don't think I, anyone I, lives there yet.
1: And I, I swear when I was and also when I was walking, I turn around, I see some, I see a girl wearing like the the you know the TikTok the TikTok leggings, you know what I mean, like coming out of a car. It was like I swear. What, to God, what are the
2: TikTok leggings?
1: The ones were with, with like the crease in the crease right in the crack. You know what I mean? Mm.
0: Crease in the crack. That crease sounds like crack. a good podcast name. Yeah,
1: it's crazy. This is a crazy neighborhood.
0: I uh, know, dude. It was hell weird yesterday. Like when I was driving up here, it put me in just the weirdest frame of mind because I'm just you're like driving through like lordship manners left and right, and every house. It's like you go to different parts of LA and you kind of see different eras of architecture. And this neighborhood is definitely like the era that's like in every '90s movie when the guy strikes it rich and gets mm-hmm. the mansion. Like these are like those kind of like '90s movie mansions where like yeah. everything's like this kind of very regal looking, but also kind of superficial, fake look.
1: The, yeah. the neighborhood's openly hostile. Just how it's like you know put like set up. You know, if you walk on the, you have to just walk straight on a road that has like it's one big
2: driveway everywhere. Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. yeah My car definitely is not nice enough to be driving in this neighborhood. <laughs> I feel like I, I, like you know, definitely, if my car broke down, I would start sweating out here because it would seem like I'd probably be some dogs, sicked on me or some. I'm nicely
2: camouflaged with the Toyota Tacoma. Yeah. Since there's so much goddamn construction. You just got the day labor yeah, exactly, camouflage, exactly. basically.
0: And people drive crazy on this road. Like yeah.
2: people are just no, they really whip around. It's there right? are three corners where it's just like you got to like peek around; yeah. or otherwise, you're done.
0: I'm always. It's always funny to me when I'm on the road and and uh, like a guy in a nice car is driving all aggressively because I'm like, you see my car, man? Like your car is worth more than like if we're if we're trading paint. Like I'm not going to notice. You will, you know. So. It always cracks me up when someone's trying to hog the road. My car is a total scraper.
1: So, um, so should we uh, introduce ourselves then? Yeah, why don't you guys introduce yourselves? I'm I'm Pietro Alexander. This is my buddy Sasha. Uh, we are the uh, founding directors of Spy Projects, which is a gallery whose locations in New York and Rome are temporarily closed. Hmm. But. Uh,
0: do you also moonlight as, like, an audiobook author? Because I was the most audiobook voice I've ever heard. Yeah, is that
1: it? Is that <laughs> it? Oh, thank you. He me. has been so.
2: consuming a lot. I do
1: consume a large amount of audiobooks, like, <laughs> yeah. almost constantly. We both do. Oh, pure Warhammer, 40K. is just a British guy. Going, the, the space marines and the troops go into war. And they do that <laughs> just constantly for, like, six hours straight yeah. It's Did
0: fantastic. You, do you guys actually play Warhammer ever?
2: I wish we can't afford the fucking yeah. miniatures. We'd have, we'd have to do like a, a I've watched f- the game being played <laughs> on YouTube.
0: I saw you last night doing it. Yeah. So you you it's like a rich man's board game, would you say? It's a uh, very I, rich man's board
2: game. I wouldn't <laughs> say rich man's board game. I'd say it's a uh committed man's board game. Gotcha. That that it would have to Engage a large part of your life, time, and effort mm. in order to play that game, and resources. And re- the, yeah,
1: the only person I know in my like I know personally who ever played Warhammer, his dad was like a Hollywood producer, mm. and he just had a room in his house dedicated to like his figurines, you know, <laughs> oh, but it, next to his bedroom. So nice. It was incredible.
0: Uh, yeah, I think I was telling you guys last night, but I think in when I was in. I think late elementary school I really got into just I would go get like the sets and then I would just got into like painting the figurines I don't think I actually ever played a game but like I would like just like to like put assemble and glue the figurines and then paint them
3: yeah
2: I um, used to have a bunch of those model airplanes and a bunch mm-hmm. of unmade sets and like let's not fuck around like it was a pain in the ass to put all those together but like oh, when yeah. you started like making it yours it was like there's always too
0: much glue yeah The glue always ends up on your fingers and they stick together and everything. Totally. Yeah, Yeah, man. It's it's a it's a gamer's life that we live in. Um so I think the big question, maybe it's a good (laughs) jumping off point. Can you guys tell me like you guys just created this thing called Spy. Can you explain to our loyal listeners, like, what is spy? What is this? What is this thing that you guys have just given
2: birth to? A monster. <laughs> <laughs> it is.
1: It is. It's a. It's an engine for uh, to make us suffer, mm. both of us, to make us like suffer needlessly. A masochism machine. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's just a punishment engine. Uh, Spy is a uh, art gallery. It's you know it is a it is a I guess I hate this word but a platform to exhibit <laughs> to, to exhibit and show uh, contemporary art.
0: Why do you hate that word?
1: Um, because it's sort of, you know, anyth- it's it's kind of an everything word. You know what I mean? Mm. And it's a big, it's a big, it's like a tech word, on, honestly, because you, you hear everything you use is like it, every sort of app and like, you know, kind of product that people use as like a means of communication is called a platform for something, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? But like, it's kind of lost its, entirely lost its meaning.
2: That's why uh, I think our whole angle is we want to turn the platforms and more into, like, pulpits, mm. you know? Okay. We want the uh, zealot preacher artists.
1: Gotcha. We want, yeah, we want people to get weird. I think we, like, we, we both really want, you know, artists are really freaky and weird. In the history of art, like, one guy, like, one performance by an artist that I can't remember his fucking name literally just had his friend shoot him.
2: Chris Burden. Chris
1: Burden, yes, shoot that's weird. That's strange. <laughs> yeah, did that's I tell you? So
2: concerning. Did I? I told you. I don't know if I told you. Um, but our friend, our homie Sean Lou, um, shout out the homie. He's on that level. He's also part of the team. Mm. Uh, in school, uh, butchered a chicken in a Home Depot bucket in like a sculpture studio. In art school. Oh uh, yeah.
1: As a performance piece.
2: Okay. It's. But, yeah it that's was, pretty radical it was an, no yeah it was great it was it, great
1: his, what was his description it was like you know I we, we kill chickens to eat them all the time I killed the chicken for art huh. you know? <laughs> yes. was this in a classroom
0: yeah 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. what did the yeah. professor say
2: well uh, let me preface this with a little story uh, previously uh, like some midterm couple weeks prior there's a kid who made a, a video piece where it was a uh, like a weird compilation mashup to like hard drum and bass of like a male lion, like a forcibly intercoursing a female lion hmm. with like large, with like a lot of strobe effects. <laughs> and uh, the reception to that was uh, really poor. Um, Sean did that? No, no, no. Someone in his section. Um, and, uh, this guy had no idea that this would be uh, problematic at all. Mm. But, but, like, a lot of people were like, oh, hey, this is giving me PTSD of I'm, I'm all guessing this that sexual the, assault. I'm guessing that the piece that didn't come with a trigger warning? No, not, not at all. <laughs> no.
1: I mean, I, I think uh, I would understand why it would be a disturbing experience to see a lion forcibly copu- copulate with a female lion with, like, some it was like, RISD music. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah,
2: and it was like uh, intermittently cut with like them eating like whatever kill that they just mm-hmm. you know just like shots of gore.
0: But I f- I feel like lions. Isn't that kind of the status quo for a lion? Like, I feel isn't aren't most yep. couplings like? Yeah, drum and bass definitely non-consensual. Isn't,
2: drum and bass and strobe, I think, was the uh, that uh, that was what, like was the, the the jarring addition.
0: Gotcha. Edition. It raised the emotional stakes a little bit. Yeah,
2: and then there wasn't really any context or, like, lead up to it mm. or, or title even. So this is the they chicken w- slayer. No, no, that that was one of his compatriots. He did that afterwards, and gotcha. I think the reception was a little bit warmer. But they didn't really question our friend Sean because, mm-hmm. like, it was fairly self-contained what that piece was about versus yeah. the uh, lion sex party was less so.
1: Yeah, it's hard to question
2: somebody who just killed a chicken in front of you. Yeah, yeah. that takes a lot of effort. So yeah. This man is like a quiet man, very thoughtful. Reads mm. a lot. Like, very, you know, like he thinks he's a
1: thinker. He's a real thinker. You know, a lot of thought went into that chicken murder. It wasn't murder.
2: We ate, we <laughs> ate it.
0: So that leads that gives leads me to ask the question: Like, in your guys' you know, professional and personal opinion, like, uh, when does something become art?
2: Uh, it's a little, my personal opinion is this, like, it's this pretty little, uh, dance on the line between, like, utility and aesthetics. Mm. I personally hate art that, uh, is a portal or, or, like, an illusion, illusionary art. Um.
0: Can you give me an example or, like, what, 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 like, what, how would you define that?
2: Uh, just any, any form of, like, figurative painting where, like, realism is the anchor. Mm um especially when it's tied to like per, uh identity and per, like personal experience that i think can be good art but not in terms of like step into my worlds feel my experience
1: there's a hard there's a hard ceiling to that kind of art you know mm. there's there's a total you know as a as like a way of understanding you know the human condition and under and having like some connection to the metaphysical if you bind your art by like basically cata- constructed categories that you know are entirely entirely uh contained within you know previous socio socioeconomic cultural structures that's gonna severely limit that uh, the audiences and everybody's capa- ability to access you know god like the metaphysical like that sort of community exact that spiritual experience through that art if it's just about being like checking the boxes and that thing
2: uh, yeah we i think we're just a little bit sick of the individual
1: yeah
0: who do you guys think has like who has the authority to to name something as art
2: anybody does you know
1: i think i think art is the interaction between the object and a per, and a person okay. you know It's really, it really can be the
0: artist or the audience in that that regard. Exactly,
1: yeah. It can be any. It can really be. It can be anything, but it requires. It's a. But it's. It's a social project. Like it requires at least two human beings, in my opinion, at least. Like Mm. I don't think somebody making, like it's you know, if a tree falls in a forest, does it make a sound? Like somebody, if somebody's making art, and like, and they're even if they're alone, a hermit in like the woods, painting or whatever, like they're approaching their work with a like experience of other people and like coming prior to that or the lack thereof or the lack thereof that mm. interacts with with the work out on top of himself on top of him making it you know so that's why and that's why like you know I, you go on like uh, Prager U has done a video <laughs> on why modern art sucks you know Paul Joseph Watson all these you know reactionary youtubers and the, 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 but it, what really is the, great, the, the greatest innovation of art in the 20th century is the realization that it doesn't like art isn't really about like w- be a certain type of object. Mm. you know it's about like it's about the interaction and in, like between the object and like the viewer and the artist, so fucking anything can be art That's why
2: we like objects.
0: We did this project when I was in high school called the Art is Everywhere Everybody Project. Is. And it was kind of along those lines that like you can really like you, you know, I had an amazing art teacher in high school and he basically was like, yeah, like if you can write a brief about it, you're, you guys can do whatever you want. We we ended up making like our own tactile dome because everybody else was doing like visual art and we're like, let's do an art of the other senses, you know? So we like built essentially a wooden box out of plywood and we put all sorts of textures in there and then. We, like, I think we smoked
3: weed in there like <laughs> after
0: school one day. We just like lit incense and like played weird music, and we had people, uh, you know, come in and, and visit the installation. I think I got a C on the project because I didn't do as much work. I had like the idea; it was my idea, but I like didn't didn't quite execute on it. Like I didn't show up for all the group meetings and stuff.
1: Have you heard of Rodin's Crater?
0: No, that sounds like a great band. Name. I, <laughs>
1: It's, I think it's James Turrell, right? Basically, like, an artist who was, you know, who was a light-in-the-space artist got a whole, was given basically a whole crater to make a experiential, like, installation piece out of. And he, t- basi- he basically turns this crater into, like, a temple where every room is a different sort of experiment with light and, like, the, like, physicality and and the various like invocations of, of light as like an object, you mm. know, and it's supposed, I think it costs like 10 grand to go, five grand wow. to go yeah. to that thing. But Where it's was like, the crater? The crater, it's, I believe it's in Arizona. Okay. Following a long tradition of uh, land art in the American Southwest. Sparrow jetty. Sparrow jetty, which is not th- in the Southwest. How do you guys
0: <laughs> feel about like, uh, like, does art need to be accessible Like, where do you guys, like, like, does the artist have a responsibility or does, like, is there a responsibility in the creation of art to make it accessible that not, not in the sense that people can understand it, but in the sense that people can experience it.
1: That's, that's a really
0: good point.
2: I think baseline there is like artists are not responsible for any, anything or anyone, but if you're a good human being, you make public art.
1: Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I think that's, I think that's like, I, I, th- I think there's like a level of success, like, and, and by success I mean like, like a successful piece is like one which can be experienced by as many people as possible, mm. because art has to have art has a goal to it, you know, it it's a constant approach, we're constantly approaching God with with the creation of art and so making it in a way where as many people as possible can experience it i think is like and it's sort of like an attribute of making like a, a, a work of good art that doesn't mean like some some art can be completely inaccessible and be fantastic and beautiful mm-hmm. but like you know it's just another aspect that like raises in my opinion its quality
0: so it sounds like in addition to you know just to play on your definition pietro like in addition to having these like two people in the creation of art, there needs to be like some sort of intention. Would you say worked into oh, it?
3: Yeah. Oh, yes. yes. 100%. Even if the
0: intention is that there's no
1: intention. <laughs> yes. Yes. There. It. It's nat. It's. It's. It's natural. Like the intention comes make sure no this matter keeps what.
0: Pointing. Like they're not gonna be able to hear you if that's like this is a one way mic.
1: So mm-hmm. Whenever you hold it, it just needs to be pointed at you. <laughs> While we're on that subject, yeah. what's the distance? Okay, distance with this mic.
0: You can. You can get closer. Uh, you're you're good. Like, where you've been at is, okay. has been good. I can always adjust it. Like okay, the volume so, it but you're too. moderating
1: it, so I'm not yeah. just, like, talking into the wind. Exactly. All right. uh, what you were saying is, what was that modded definition again? I'm sorry.
0: Oh, I was just saying in addition to, you know, by your de- definition, you were talking about art needing to have, you know, uh, at least two people as far as, like, whether it's just one person making art for themselves, they still need to have experienced, like, another in their life in order to to do it. And so I was saying, I was asking the question, like, in addition to that as being, like, kind of a base prerequisite for something being defined as art, you know, it sounds like there also needs to be at least some intention involved in that process.
1: 100%. It's concept and context. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, it's content and form. It's... It's, it's, well, it's the, it's, it, it, there has to be, there's always an intention. It goes, sort of goes with it. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? And, like, I guess you try to think about, like, what is, like, decorative art? Like, I mean, the most, like, intentionally decorative, like something where it's, like, I'm going to put this, I'm going to put, like, this tapestry on my wall. It's purely decorative. There's no concept behind it. It's not trying to make you think. But even then, you know, there's still, there's still intention going Mm -hmm. in behind it. It's necessary. I think another thing that's very attractive about, like, the, for example, the the art that you made in your school, you made it uh, in high school, and Rodin's cr- Rodin, no, not really Rodin's creator, but like about uh, land <laughs> <I just laughs> land art uh, in in general is that it's yeah. not easily packageable yeah. into something you can sell, and that is also something that I think everybody finds int- instinctually attractive, is the the less <laughs> the less e- the less. Uh, uh, consumable exactly or less, commodifiable exactly the less com- commodifiable the, the work is i think if somebody sees it as no absolutely absolutely no idea about history of art has mm-hmm. no idea about the context i feel like there's something that engages them more that way and that's why some people get pissed off with like you know those crazy performance pieces where people are just running around naked and shit because they're like how is this art how is this art and i really think it's we've been brainwashed to think of like Everything as having to be something that you can sell to somebody else very mm. easily and package it and give it to them and then the ownership can be transferred, you know, and uh, that's uh, and you know performance uh, installation land art that's not as that's not definitely not as easy to do.
0: Seems like it's kind of a one of the fundamental problems that every artist in their life has to come to grips with, which is like how much of my time and how much of my art do I want to make about supporting myself, you know, financially? Is that what the focus of my art or, or a focus of my art is going to be? Do I need to like have my art put food on the table or do I need to organize my life in a way where maybe I have something else that's I'm using to support myself financially. And that thing is going to like not take up so much of my energetic capital as to prevent me from creating.
1: It, I, woo! Yeah. <laughs> It's uh, yeah. I mean, we all
0: kind of got to come to that place on our own, right?
1: Yeah, I mean that's the question. Is you know the art, art market's a black box. It's entirely like it's it's. Vi- See, that, was, that was that was probably one of the man- in the mansions. That was Depp. Yeah, that was that was Depp in his mansion across. I, the will, I will. I
2: will. There will be no Depp slander tonight. <laughs> I'm a Pirates of the Caribbean mega fan. Oh
0: yeah. Okay. We don't have to. We don't have to get controversial. Then. No, no.
2: Please, <laughs> please, no.
1: Uh, art's a black art, art. The art market is a black black box. You know that is that is so many levels and gates of access mm. and like personal and the, the that need like basically personal approval from one entity or another. So, yeah. like,
0: if if art is spirituality, then would you say that the art industry is the church?
1: Uh, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah then that is in the most that is the most generous take on it. That is the most like definitely generous uh, way to uh, and charitable way to describe it. Hmm. Y- you could also say that it's you know maybe like or a Morden Joe uh, in yes. Mad Max yes with the water. You yes. know what I mean?
0: Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like that. Turn turning it on. With the with the milking chamber? Mm-hmm. Exactly. But so you guys are the milking chamber. Then. We
1: are the milking chamber.
2: That's yes. what Spy is.
1: I don't know what I am. <laughs> I I think the goal the goal is to be a Morden is it, obviously I mean we are we am becoming a Morton Joe, you know. Mm-hmm. That's sort of the problem. And like I, I've I've always noticed this is like whenever I've I've done, you know, two shows so far and eventually I will just start looking at the work in the show Oh, as, as time goes on, basically as just like price points, you know what I mean? Mm. As just not me. Not me. Yeah. But I'm, 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 I'm the salesman. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's, <laughs> but that's the, that's of course if you say, and then I have to, then I, when, when that happens, I have to take a step back. I have to like, you know, take a break or something. Yeah. Cause what, what, what the, what fuels it all is the sale. What fuels, what fuels the whole thing is this, is the money exchanging hands. But that is the furthest away from the art itself. And I would say the vast majority of artists would say that they have... That their work is not about being... uh, Like, selling it for money. Like, Mm. that's not the content of their work. But the material, like, underpinnings of all of this is is the sell of art to, like, the 5,000 rich people in the world that collect
0: art. So, like, what is the... What is the intention behind Spy? Like, what are you guys trying to achieve with this, with this gallery? What is your mission statement or what is your, you know, is it know, to make money off art or what, what, what's, like...
2: Can we say? Can,
0: I, I'm I, saying this doesn't have to be a big definition, just, like, at this moment in time with what you, you guys have had two shows. Mm-hmm. Like, what, you know, what do you, right now, like, what do you think, you know, what, what's your intention with this project that you've started?
2: uh originally it was to like do things our way since we're so uh discontent with uh just the general state of the contemporary uh art scene Mm -hmm. um and as of now i don't i hope it's still the same it's still it's still the
1: same i think what we what our our goal is you know it's twofold partially it's sort of to carve out our own kind of private duchy where we can exhibit and show work that we like in a way that is you know that we like and we think is good and deserves to be seen in like an uh, exhibition context, uh, context that is you know with with the knowledge that things that you know things have to be like the money the the money has to flow you know the things have to the, the spice must flow exactly the lights have to be kept on but it's also you know conceptually at least we 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 think there's a uh, consequence any there, we think there's an interaction between like the hege- hegemonic cultural norm and like the marginalized uh the marginalized uh cultural product in america specifically meaning like when like the the center the center like orthodoxy of like america runs into like the the pro- uh, cultural product of the people it's pushed to its edges you have you know there's an like alchemical interaction you see it with blues you know the origins of blues becoming rock music you mm-hmm. see it you know it's it happens basically that is how our country creates its art or create or like the larger trends at least i think we really as a long term goal we really want to explore that kind of inter- that interaction
0: the the like the point of extraction from the frontier of like collective Thought or collective culture, the cultural influence.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. The churn. You know, um, what do
0: you guys look for in in artists when choosing pieces for your gallery? Like, what? Like, how do you guys make that decision with who you want to show and what kind of pieces you want to have in your gallery?
2: To be honest, we're pretty green right now. We decided that we were going to pull the trigger on this in like April. Keep in mind, we've done like eight different. Business plans or manifestos um but uh the first show we did is just with our friends, and that ended up being just aesthetic choices but in uh i don't know in in practice we hope to 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 choose pieces that fit with our overarching thesis
1: yeah i think I think this show was this show was sort of our- uh, motivated by a personal i idea like a idea of metamorphosis like we were kind of inaugurating this new chapter in our lives this new project with and we wanted to do it with everybody who we'd spent you know the our you know the
2: people who we love
1: yeah exactly and uh, that and who had been around us during the gestation period of like all of our ideas coming together you know what i mean so hell that's why this title of the show is hello world you know it's the opening the opening program on any you know uh any pro- programming language, is the first thing you learn, you know, it's we're, mm. we're, it's our coming out party. If uh, <laughs> so to say, mm. but uh, we these were they were largely aesthetic choices. You know what I mean? Like if, if the art has to look good, and like that's certainly like sort of instinctual. Like it's a visceral feeling. Like mm-hmm. if we don't like see it in our, and we're not like, oh, dude, this is fucking awesome. Then you know we're not going to show it. Do
0: Do you guys take? Uh when creating a show, when curating a show, like for this last one, mm-hmm. the pieces that you decided to show, was that, did you, um, were those pieces that you chose? Or were the pieces that the artist chose? Like what was, what was that process like?
2: Uh, we chose and the process was one we'll never repeat again, which was the bad way, which is we took way more from the artist studios than we were intending to show, mm. um, which made it easier on us to make a good show. But, uh, uh, management of expectations into in what was going to be shown was uh, not great on our part.
1: Yeah, the biggest mistake on our part was basically like not—we asked for a lot more work than we knew we would be able to fit. Mm. We could basically fit max two pieces by 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 an artist. Most most being only one. But for for a few we, artists, we took dozens of, of pieces they had, you know, because we were not confident in our ability to like, in to like you know infer what would look good together. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you don't really know what, what all fits until it's all there. And we yeah. were right about that. Like we like we, if we didn't have all those options, like we would have probably made a, a much worse show. Gotcha.
0: You almost like. uh you guys you guys kind of like uh were like almost bumper bowling but but you gave yourself some cushion so you took in more pieces and then you were able to build a show out of that pool of larger amounts
1: and usually the way it works is you have an idea or for group shows which is what this is is like it has um, nine artists i always mix it up between eight and nine i believe it has nine artists is like usually there's more of a of a like thematic like thesis that goes with it which means that the work kind of flows into that like your mm-hmm. choices kind of f- are structured around that th- th- that theme so you're when you're picking work you're sort of like oh that's the one that most fits that's the one that most fits and because they fit the theme then mm-hmm. the job in the curation is to reflect that in the physicality of the space
0: is is that process like do you guys like in general from what you've seen is it that the like gallery heads call for submissions from artists or do they secretly no. go around and make choices without necessarily telling
1: everybody what the show's about you mean i uh, i think it's i mean they're
2: transparent and and like or, what yeah the show's i mean it doesn't about. need to be secretly
0: but i mean like is that the, that decision in your experience coming from the heads of the of the the gallery you know, yeah. in going out and choosing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Hundred yeah. okay. It's hundred percent top down. One hundred percent. Like there are open. Most open call submission shows are for like are done by like organiza- not like nonprofit organizations or artist-run spaces. Mm. Art, like you know, like I think FOCA, Sp- Spring Break. These are like basically art fairs, where like a bunch of shows happen at once, all kind of moving around some theme. And then curate. They ask curators, independent curators, to make proposals. Where they these independent curators then choose the artists that, uh, to feature in that proposal that they're submitting. You know, and that largely works around either their network of artists they already know or artists that they they've seen that they like, but they've never interacted with. And you know, it's just email them and say, hey, you want to be in a show.
0: Hmm. And Sasha, I'm curious. What was this experience like for you? Because you, you not only were, you know, one of the curators of the show, but you also were a principal artist in it as well, right?
2: Um, Yeah, the experience was super weird. <laughs> um, like,
0: what was it like to straddle those two roles, you know?
2: I uh, kind of took a back seat, slightly on the curator. I mean, not, I don't know. And at least with my art, I didn't choose what piece I had. Pete knows my uh stuff fairly well and he chose the single largest piece i've ever made Mm. Uh. because it had to be on that wall it had to go was this
0: something that you made before you knew the show was going to be a thing yeah yeah yeah
1: Yeah. i remember when he made it yeah i remember
2: it It didn't fit like in the room i made it like i couldn't get it on the wall
1: Mm. yeah he set up for for his uh critique like it had to like
2: lean on the wall basically because it was too tall to fit
0: was so this the first wall that it was hung on?
2: It wasn't. It, it it's it never been. been on a wall. Oh, so wait, I'm wall. saying this wall in oh, the yeah, gallery. Yeah.
0: Cool. And it looked
2: it fabulous. Crazy.
0: It yeah. What? How did that feel as the artist to see your piece hung up?
2: I mean, just like masturbation doesn't get any better than that. I
0: think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did you get some time at the show to like just appreciate the moment, or like were you able to stay? I know sometimes with those kinds of experiences, it's almost like, at least in my, my experience, you have to, like, hold on to lucidity because it can, like, kind of, you can almost enter into this flow state where the event's over before you even know.
2: Yeah, the, the no, I had no, I mean, I think I had moments, but uh, the show was insane. It had, like, 300, 400 people, and uh, it felt like it was a month ago, you know?
1: It was the opening reception when it was in, it was crazy. This was last
0: week, right? Yeah, yeah,
1: it was it was just it was just like you know, some totally unexpected. But that's why you do a group show with nine people in it is that every artist can draw, you know i'm just an art dealer you know i like i can't nobody's <laughs> gonna people way less people are gonna like listen to me and like like come come to the show if i say hey want to come to this show and help me make money mm-hmm. versus if an artist says like i have my work in this show people naturally are like oh shit well i gotta go to that then because it's right. very important you know
0: but of part of your art is being that puppet master right and assembling a cohort. You're,
2: you're deep cutting. Yeah, there.
0: these are your your
2: multi-dimensional
0: tendrils that you can reach out. You know, and I know for me with the podcast, it's been a kind of a similar process where it's like I'll have certain guests where I'm like, oh, like they're gonna have bring new listeners to my show. Like every guest I have brings new listeners into the show. Of course. And uh, not that that's ever like the sole consideration for choosing someone like it the barriers of entry is pretty low on the show. You know? I mean,
1: hey, it's, you're very exclusive. Robert. You're Incredibly <laughs> exclusive.
0: But that's I only
1: got in here. Cause I'm your cousin. Exactly. This is pure mm-hmm. nepotism.
0: Um, no, but I'm always aware of like, okay, like, you know, that there will be new people experiencing the art that I'm creating because I have a certain guest on. And, and I think that that's, you know, it's, it's not like the most important consideration for choosing someone to be, part of your thing but it's about it is an important consideration
1: it's about levels of clout you know what i mean Where <laughs> it's like if we were like in like obvi- obviously like blue chip galleries they're they're clouded up they don't, they can have a solo show they can have an, they can debut they artists. take a
2: dump on the floor
1: yeah they they can debut artists who never who nobody has ever heard of ever before and mm-hmm. like they'll draw a crowd and collectors and bo- and and every and critics and you know yeah. everything just off their name alone but, and you, I see, you see this with a lot of galleries, like I think LA is having an explosion in the amount of galleries that are being opened here right now. Mm. It's really kind of like a gold rush. Okay. As uh, like you see with the smaller ones, they do group shows because you pull a lot of people. And it's important, it's really important to pull a lot of people. Because even though 95% of the people walking through through the door are not gonna buy a, a piece, just because of the price point, mm-hmm. which is something I always have pro- I, I've always had a problem with, is not, not with them, but like with the f- how, fact that people can't buy the art, it's still important to have that mass and have that crowd and that energy it creates. And we really yeah. learned that with the opening, mm. is the energy was fantastic. People stayed, we have n- had no music, and people stayed after we ran out of booze
2: three times. Nice. You know, that's... Well,
0: was the lack of music in t- an intentional choice? It's
2: at first. I mean, usually there's no music at art openings, but the, just the din of the conversation was, like, deafening. It was awesome. It was nice. incredible.
1: I really like it. Like, I would, like when we were at that bar yesterday, the reason why I felt so uncomfortable is that I can't stand talking, to like, that... I just can't stand the combination of that kind of music with that din of those voices. Yeah. You know, it's just, if I feel, I feel like just like overwhelmed.
0: Yeah. It's hard being in a place where you can't hear yourself over the music. Yeah. I always prefer if I'm going to go to a bar, going to a place where I can have conversations. Cause that's what, I mean.
1: Like Ty Angel with that's the best sausages. Nice. I,
0: I, w- I wanted to ask you guys about this. Did you hear this story? This kind of ties into what you were just talking about, mm-hmm. Pietro, but this recent story about the artist that sold the like, Empty block of air for eighteen grand.
2: Fucking fucking awesome! What? No, I love. <laughs> Did that. you not hear the I story? I love that. Hold on, where's yeah. my phone? It was it's like less last... It's just a Mauricio Catalan kind oh, of Mauricio. coffee. No, it's not him, but it's just the same thing.
3: I,
0: yeah, I want to find it because it deserve like the the description deserves to be read.
1: I, you know, I love goofs, spooks, and and, and pranks. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we love pranks. I love pranks. Do you think
0: it was a prank?
1: I mean, art. Art is a prank. Exactly, it, art's supposed to be funny. You know, mm. it's supposed to be playful. Yeah, like it's 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 some it's supposed to kind of you know have uh, you know like twist things around and like you know subvert and the playing. I particularly love it when people play with the market by selling collectors uh, bananas. Bananas taped to a wall. Taped to a wall. Uh, that's that guy went and. Eat the banana off the wall who he's a, a, a that guy's a paladin somebody went into an art fair basically there was a banana taped to a wall that was, was going to be sold for $250,000 i think it had sold yeah, it and sold. and a guy walks up to it this warrior <laughs> this poet king walks yeah. up to the banana rips it off and starts eating it wow and he gets arrested that's that that was it's a well, it's a shame that he was arrested. Like he shouldn't have been arrested because that was really funny, and mm-hmm. that is the way that piece is made good, is by the
2: guy after it's selling, uh, the guy eating it, which is completely unintentional. Well, I don't know. I think that the sale is is the piece. Was
1: was the guy? Yeah, but it was it was a good piece. Once did the, once guy, the guy who ate it,
0: it was that the guy that made it? No, Okay. <laughs> that's
2: why okay. it was
1: it was unexpected. Nobody knew it was going to happen. Gotcha. You know
0: it's like a performance art in itself.
1: Ex- exactly. And it was it was spontaneous and un you know not predicted. And so much of the art world is about staging and like majesty like I remember I, when I worked I worked at a blue chip gallery and mm-hmm. the one thing I really noticed was the amount of of wasted of purposefully wasted space mm-hmm. and how clean and beautiful every inch of this of the like the whole property was. From the moment you went inside to like every, even the bathrooms, it was yeah. just you're like, oh, I'm in a court. You know, I'm in a royal court.
0: It's all like intent. Every space, part of the space, is intentional. Exactly. So, so here's the name of the article. It's the headline is an Italian artist auctioned off an in quotation marks invisible sculpture for eighteen thousand three hundred dollars. It's literally it's made literally of nothing. And then the quote of the artist is. It is a work that asks you to activate the power of the imagination, Salvatore Garau said of his sculpture.
2: That's sick. I uh, love that. <laughs> I, um, it's I, been activated. It's yeah. it's
0: amazing though that it's sold. Like that's what's. Well, you know, yeah. do, you, do you know why that? Why it's sold? Because someone needed to launder their drug money.
3: <laughs> yeah. Possibly. Or their blood Possibly. Money. Yeah.
1: You know. I mean. And I, I'm not sure. Maybe, and you know, this is completely speculation. But like, mm-hmm. you know, if resale, like speculative value and resale value of art is entirely reliant on what other people think it's worth. Right. So even even if it is just a glass or plexiglass box, like the guy, if he thinks he could resell it, that he's not dropping 18 grand into a, into it like a a hole. Right. That article probably made it so that he could sell that piece to someone else at some point in time
2: and at the end of the day they get a literal certificate yeah. of authentication at the minimum so it is a a piece.
0: Mhm. What do you guys think about NFTs?
2: Computers. <laughs> uh.
1: <laughs> I think that it's. I think it's a psyop.
2: Um, I
1: think that NFTs are entirely like the fascination over NFTs, which began with the uh, uh, with the Beeple auction at Christie's, is entirely manufactured by the ten people in Silicon Valley that have so much money in cryptocurrency and nothing to spend it on.
3: Mm.
1: That it's literally like, it's a pon- it's, it's a literal Ponzi scheme. It's it's because they have for cryptocurrency to work. You need more and more people to like join in on it and be- and believe and like believe yeah. that yeah. it's the right thing. It's like you know a viable cur- currency or viable things exchange mm-hmm. for goods, but like. So wh- how you make money off of it is by being not being the last person to get in on on the on the scam. Right. So this was just a, a marketing
2: it's a massive thing.
1: marketing success.
0: What can you can you guys define what an NFT is for people? Because I'm sure there's people listening to this that have a, an, no non, idea what we're So about.
1: actually, the technology is really cool. I actually really think there's a p- lot of potential in NFTs. The technology is great. Because so it stands what
0: it, for non-fungible token? Yeah.
1: A non-fungible token basically, it basically means that you can create like, and this is my understanding of it at least, is that you're able to create a, create basically a certificate of authentication with uh, like and attach it to a work, uh, like a work of digital art. But mm. it can be done with anything. Mm-hmm. But it means like, it means like it's not like copyable. Like you can't, it, you, can, you can always know what the original is even if somebody like you know took a video of the computer screen with mm-hmm. the nft on it somebody can say that they have ownership over this digital item gotcha as well as it uses this the the uh, ethereum smart contract technology so that like you know the sale and resale of like an nft uh art piece can like automatically mean some of that sale is going like a 10 percent of the resale is going back to the artist who made it originally. Like, Mm. it sets terms for, like, what a a contract is in real life where, Mm -hmm. like, somebody has to, you know, if you put it in a contract saying, I'm going to resell this, if this work is resold at any point in time, 10% goes to the artist. Somebody's going to have to move that money from point A to point B. Somebody's going to have to take that money from somebody else and give it back to the artist. Mm -hmm. But with the NFTs, like, it does it automatically, entirely without, like, the input or, like, the need of somebody to, like, be the manager of all that Uh, all that money going around
0: it's kind of like a new structure of like royalties almost for
1: an artist yeah that's what it offers that's one that's one of the benefits it offers as as well as you know like it it the way in you can program how you can program basically like qualities that that like evolving qualities of the work that change with ownership is something that i think is very very prescient and like immediate to our time and how art what art really is right now which mm. has to do with the exchange which like with the uh with the like exchange value and with ownership and and i think that offers a lot of potential for s- making some really cool art about about like what does it mean to own like a, a work of art but nfts as we've seen them so far are basically pokemon cards <laughs> you know they're like they're like stamps they're yeah. literally just these awful like eight bit eight bit pieces of shit that Mm -hmm. just like are like oh i made an 8-bit portrait i made 38-bit portraits each one is five thousand dollars in ethereum i literally this is what this is what tells me the american economy is going to collapse is that there is a there is a ethereum game where you buy property and like you build it and you like build on it and you like you know breed little monsters and huh it's basically ethereum ethereum farmville and the pro and the lots in Ethereum Farmville are going for like thirty thousand, forty thousand dollars. Wow! That tells me that there's a lot of money that people have, and there's nowhere for them to actually put it to mm. use. You know what I mean? So they're putting mm. it in fucking Bitcoin and Ethereum. It's exactly what happened in the 1920s, where everybody's just spec- speculating on like, is, is just speculating on either the stock market or some sort of like, mm-hmm. you know, some 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 sort of asset. And eventually, like, you know, when the buck stops, everybody's going to run away screaming with their, like, with, with their money.
0: So you're saying that I should, I, should I sell all my Dogecoin or should I hold on to it?
1: Uh, it's, f- f- I don't, I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> it, the problem is, like, saying that is one thing, but then it, whilst, while I, suge- in in the five seconds, in the ten seconds it took me to say that, yeah. somebody just made, like, a million dollars off of, like, f- flipping Dogecoin. You right, know what I mean? right. So, like. It doesn't. We don't know when it's gonna when the party's gonna gonna like gonna finally stop, mm-hmm. and you'd be missing out on a lot of money. Admittedly, if you if you just didn't participate in it at all.
0: Well, I only have like a hundred bucks in Dogecoin, but
1: I had I had I had a thousand dollars in Ethereum when it was at twenty dollars mm. a, a few years ago, um, okay. and I pulled it out because I ran out of money for stokes. <laughs> yeah.
0: And now, how much would it be worth?
1: Um, I think Ethereum's worth like $2,500 per Ethereum, and I had it in when it was at $20. So you would have... You a lot, were, a lot of yeah, money that yeah, I don't... I've be- never done done the math on it because yeah. I don't like looking backwards.
0: Right, yeah, that'd be
3: depressing. I want
1: to look forwards. Yeah. Well,
0: let's look forward. Like, what's the next... So you guys just had this really successful show. It's still going on, right? Mm-hmm. What's, uh like, what are you guys thinking about as the next thing, looking forward? Are you just, like kind of relaxing right now and enjoying what you just did or
1: we're currently like we're, looking we're starting for, a nonprofit oh yeah we are we're looking for permanent space oh uh, i'm talking to someone right now and uh, i saw a space i'm not gonna go into that much detail mm-hmm. that i've that i immediately you know we've we've looked at a lot of different ones but this was the first one i was like i want it. i want us to be here this feels like home so we're hope i hope that works out but it would be a permanent gallery space. And, and, you know, without saying too much, it would also involve us, like, starting some sort of uh, commu- community outreach program. I've always wanted to do, like, an after-school program for kids mm-hmm. to make art. Nice. You know, so, and we could definitely incorporate that. Because galleries are purposely wastes of space. So might as well take a day out of the week to actually fill the space with, you know, something a little bit more useful.
0: Yeah, what, what makes a gallery good in your guys' opinion? Mm.
1: Nothing. <laughs> Literally. Yeah, I mean, if the work is, if the, if the work they they show is good, you know, yeah. if like if the, I I guess you know the work can be good, it can, but it can be curated badly.
2: You know, mm-hmm. a gallery. The the work is the artist's work. Yeah. Like, what makes a gallery good?
1: It's it's just. They're just putting the
2: <laughs> selling work is what makes a gallery good which has nothing to do with the art at the end of the day
1: well like I mean but they put the art like together like they they decide where to put it you know they curate it
2: yeah, yeah.
0: like what what's the utility like other than like showing and moving art does does the gallery have any additional utility or are there other I mean, like you were just describing they're how-
2: gatekeepers they have the key to the the five thousand rich people that's gotcha. their purpose.
1: Maybe, maybe ten thousand, depending how many Saudi princes like, are being born like every day.
0: So that's the so there is like the um. There's like the non-locational aspect that you just described, but Pietro, you were also talking about like a minute ago, just how, like you were going into these blue chip galleries and how like every inch of space, whether sh- whether being taken up by art or not, it was like all this almost all this negative space that was still intentionally designed for effect, right?
2: Yeah. Well, it's empty space. Like who can afford to have a giant empty space? It's a flex. It's mm. ju- it's,
1: it's 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 a purposeful flex. Is that clout that you're seeking? Well, it's not but, even cl- it's be it says I have access to uh, to to a kind of money that is like it says to artists that I have access to a kind of money that like you by like showing with with us meaning that we get a cut of the sales we make of your work. You are like getting access to buyers that you would otherwise not be able to. Mm. To other collectors, it says that you are of like a you know you're it's it's like it's like having performances in a royal court. You know, mm-hmm. you have an ambassador, the say ambassador from like you know Byzantium comes in to in I don't know in Florence. Like there's gonna be some crazy performances, and like the court is gonna be designed visually to impress Mm -hmm. because it impresses uh, rich people get impressed by other rich people wasting their money you know and i say this i don't i say this is like you know obviously like it's there there's a lot a lot of problems with that model but i do think a gallery can be good because it's one of its jobs is also to develop a artist's career like kind of like an agency for like you know musicians or actors is to like you know uh, with the like wilds is part of wilds uh, swings in the secondary art market. It's important to be able to like manage and manage and grow an artist's career so that their work doesn't get like just speculators don't come in and just like destroy their market and burn mm-hmm. it out for a quick buck.
2: You know, at its best, which g- they do purposely sometimes as well.
1: Which oh gallery, which galleries and which commercial galleries and collectors and speculators all do sometimes pers- purposefully for one beef reason.
0: They just decide no. they 're gonna tank an artist 's work, well or? maybe
1: they don't like like that artist, maybe that artist did something to piss them off, mm. you know like is
0: is is a gallery always like in in this context then like is the the, the gallery's always showing like art that hasn't been sold yet
1: uh, largely art yeah, it is art that is well, no, I mean i have there like i think what it was, I think. I, I think there are sometimes like a gallery may have work that it's that it has bought on the secondary market that is then showing as a as showing in like an exhibition even though it's been bought and sold before because they're trying to like pump up interest and like buzz around the work so they can sell it for flip it for a profit. Largely, commercial galleries have a roster of artists that they show with work that is on. Uh, which with work that has not been sold yet meaning it's on the primary market Mm -hmm. um the real money from my understanding and my experience of what i've like learned in just by through osmosis is the real money is in the secondary market Mm. but the but like the the benefits the 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 benefits of 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 and you know just in generally it's more like spiritually gratifying to exhibit art that has not been seen and processed through the market uh before and that hasn't been metabolized yet uh and obviously like I think I don't know I don't know how how, how much it is but like there's so much upfront costs that go into running like a successful commercial gallery financially mm-hmm. successful commercial gallery you have to go to art fairs which are their own hell and and you have to pay all this money up front before you see an inch of like return any return so it's really like and it's that So it is
0: speculative just in its very nature in its
1: very nature it is and it's that dynamic which drives a lot of the most awful parts of the art industry and market is that it requires so much money up front to put everything together so they're expecting they need a return.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: You
1: know, the margins are incredibly thin for ninety five percent of galleries in the world and the margins are incredibly juicy for five percent. Do you
0: have artists that you like that aren't making mm-hmm. art to sell?
1: Yeah. I do. I think I, I we were actually you know, we were thinking like we want to do a show of work where we of work that is impossible to sell. Yeah. You know. I, and I there are artists I've like I mean for example my uh, my art teacher this is the first thing that comes to my mind my art mm-hmm. teacher Ayana Evans back in at school she does a wonderful performance piece where she gets dressed up in a cat suit and high heels and does mm-hmm. like p- deadlifts you know you can't really sell that you can be higher you can be paid to do the performance but you can't sell that's not a like a product that can be sold and resold and I lo- I like that you know
0: and I think I asked this earlier, but I want, it keeps coming back to me. Maybe I just didn't understand it. But like, what do you, again, when thinking about pieces in your gallery, like, what are you looking for? Like, what to you, like Pietro as a curator, like, what What do you look for in art?
1: I want Sasha to answer this question first.
0: Okay.
2: Um, Unselfish. uh Dignified art for others. I think this is the most general form. My my personal uh pinnacle is uh monuments, records of history, that type of art. Mm.
1: I like art that's about something, you know. I I like I mean I I li- I like work that is about like trying to reach outside of the self and trying to like a uh, uh, under trying to cre- cre- trying to create a like under not even understanding really, but like some sort of uh refraction of like the greater human experience that has like, you know, and maybe because I'm a snob, I also like if it engages with art history in some way personally but it it doesn't have to or just history in general you
0: appreciate when it looks when you can see that an artist has done their homework
1: not it's not about doing your homework it's about like having the amount of self like of self-respect to 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 to, like know that you're in you are that you as an artist are art history like you are Mm. a part of this whether by by making art at all you are a
2: part of it yeah you're one of seven billion you know. Is there
0: a, do you think that, like, the art that you see, to, does it have a specific syntax or grammar to it? Like, it, that, that, when mm. artists are creating? No. No.
2: no. no. Or no like, like, theory or anything
3: like
1: preferences, that? Preferences, like, well, I think preference-wise, do you mean, or in general, just all the art that we see? Do we, like, have a syntax or, like, visual grammar? Like, that like
0: we, you know, like, people, there's, you know, art school's a huge industry, right? It is. And they're they have to sell something right it's not mm-hmm. just like come in here and maybe it is you've been you've been to art school sasha you know sounds like c- certain classes are like here's a canvas like do mm-hmm. something right but but that's not necessarily going to fly when you're trying to sell rich people on getting to sending their kids to art school right you need to like at least have some sort of tangible structure that's like this is what we're giving to your kid um so it would in in my own experience, like let's say take music, right? Because I mm-hmm. my brother went to music school and I did a semester of, as a music major in college. Mm-hmm. You have music theory, right? Which is like taking this intangible, like just sound, and then creating a set of rules and structures that allow you to uh, to direct creativity to create an effect. And so I'm curious if there's like a similar, you know, analog in this visual art?
1: Oh, well, there is such a thing as art theory. Okay. There is, like, a huge, huge... Art theory is a huge part of the academic study of mm-hmm. the arts, you know? I mean, CalArts has, like, an art theory program where you go there to study art theory mm-hmm. rather than, like, make art, which David Kordansky did, who's has a gallery, a very successful gallery in L.A. Okay. Um... Do is is engaging w- with art theory like necessary for ma- for an artist to make good work? Not at all. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not at all. It's all post hoc. You know, it's all like just. It's Do
2: you sort- think it's helpful though? A, it's for an artist. I no. The only thing they teach you at not really at art school is how to uh, try to justify your art uh, through words, essentially.
3: So and
0: it's almost like art communication.
2: Yeah. And and there's strange mannerisms that you're told or taught as well. Manners—it's a—it's about like having a set of
1: manners that is like means that you have been gone through this p- schooling process. It's
2: another form of gatekeeping. Yeah, yeah
1: cotillion—you've been to cotillion. You know where to, where to set your forks, forks and your knives, and where like not to put your
2: elbows on the table.
1: To use all this academic language. Is a way of also manufacturing, you know, like make work jobs for people who've studied art mm. and art theory. Is like if the art is completely impenetrable and has this language that goes with it that you have to spend years learning, that means you need a translator and that translator gets paid. You know what I mean?
0: Is that kind of what your role is then as the curator? No,
1: that's that's I, I'm 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 I, I, I think partially what what i what motivated me to start a gallery in the first place was that i thought the art history education was completely alienated from the like sensual like effect of art like why is it that we are impacted by art and why should it be studied i kept asking my teachers why do we do this and they just kept telling me it was because it was fun which is kind of a you know, fuck you, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like you have a, you just have a, you have a, you have a, you know, a job that pays you like, you know, a low six figures a year for you to be able to go in and like lecture about these three Dutch artists and why, you know, like, pay why their paintings are so good mm-hmm. of the why their paintings of rich people, you know, are so good, yeah. And then you go home and you, you do it all again for the rest of your life, some mm-hmm. stuffy conference room. But there's very little I, – I felt that there was very little engagement with, like, what is it actually – why is art so impactful to us? And later on, obviously, like, this is not the case for all academic programs. But I think there is a necessity – you know, the the reason you have art history and art theory is to be able to have a language to be able to connect disparate art artists and their work together mm. to create a narrative of like a total a total narrative of like w- art and it's and the a its grand animation. unified theory exactly exactly but i feel it's kind of tr- trickled down into like it's use the usage of this language has trickled down into like just the general like you know in the commercial in commercial art it's in like you know just the any exhibition of art like the art panels like People Just
0: smelling their own farts.
1: Exactly. Well, it's a, exactly. It's a way of signaling to other people that you know something, and that's like a libby thing. You know, it's mm-hmm. like that. I that I am educated, that I know something about this, that As I deserve is to talk. Exactly, and I deserve to be talking about it, and that you should be listening to me. It's a take. It's part of the take economy. You know, um, but that's that is to say, it's not our theory isn't completely useless. It's actually like you know, I think one of my favorite essays in the world is systems aesthetics. Written by an auth, I author I don't remember.
0: <laughs> Sorry, you laughed. Why was that?
2: Because system aesthetics and game theory are evil and bad.
1: Systems <laughs> aesthetics was just I thought was just, it was not evil. Game theory <laughs> is evil, but the the essay itself is well written.
0: What's it about? Can it, you explain? It, like it, summarize it.
1: It's basically it was written I believe in the sixties, talking about how like art is no longer just about a single object point, but like the systems of of, systems of things like of of many entities interacting like monadic entities unknowingly interacting with each other in a way and talking about how art of the future will be the aesthetics of the of like various systems happening you know like uh which i think is very like is true i think it's true even though people even though now people kind of we've kind of returned back to like the single point at a certain point in time, like, I believe it was in, like, it was in Pinochet's Chile or Argentina. I can't remember which one. Uh, there was this artist that, like, printed... The death of art mm-hmm. happened in Chile. A, he printed... The, an artist printed bomb instructions on Coca-Cola, uh, like, on a Coca-Cola, like, uh, labels, mm-hmm. and then and did it on, like, 5,000 of them and put them back into circulation. He did something similar with, like, the, with the n- currency notes. Okay. That's, that's, like, a usage of system aesthetics. You know what I mean? Like interacting with the systems around you in a way to make other people conscious of of those systems, conscious that they mm. are within them. And okay. E- because you you know they're invisible. People you don't really. So it's like the ultimate red pill. It's basically it's just yeah it's it's red pilling. It's basically red pilling. You okay. know,
2: but it's re- it's it's re- it's. And it doesn't exist in the contemporary art world today because the galleries don't let you do that because can't make money. They are arbiters. You can't make money gotcha. that way. You Is know? that
1: why you're shaking your head as he was describing
0: that? Yes, yeah,
2: system aesthetics could be great, but it's not anywhere here now.
1: It's not being used. Like, there's. I mean, it's. Well, it's not like it, you know. It's being
0: co-opted. It's really, being co-opted, right? I mean, like, that's it, when you see like, you see like pride the Pride Month mural. That's and then in the bottom right corner, it's like sponsored, sponsored by Citibank, right? Like that's, Yeah, I mean, would that be an example of system aesthetics. Uh,
1: I'm not exactly (laughs) Uh, not exactly that's that's i think because nfts are are an example of systems aesthetics that nobody knows that they're that nobody's really aware that they're doing is that like what nfts really are and the draw of it is the system is the systematized like like process by which nfts are created and transferred and that's the interesting part about them in Mm -hmm. fact i think that's like what's generally acknowledged is why people even were interested in them in the first place. It wasn't the actual art itself. It was the technology behind it. Mm. And the system that was that in like the whole uh, system architecture that was uh, provided the, that, that, that provided the infrastructure for these NFTs to even work. Like it's all about exchanges, price exchanges. You have to literally sacrifice like organic matter to make an NFT. Like you have to like destroy like how many trees to create the energy it takes to cr- to mint an NFT. Mm. That's literally like, that is like a, like, a blood sacrifice. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, spiritually speaking. Okay. And that's kind of sick. I think that's cool.
2: Uh, no, it would be sick if you had to kill the trees, but it's not sick because it's totally out of your sight.
0: It's, it's being like, uh, what's the word? Alienated. Well, I was going to say it's being like... Obscured. Uh, it's like down, uh... Cooked. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah 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 it's, it's basically like you're passing the cost down the river you know? exactly Externa- it, ex- externized or whatever
1: exactly well ex- yeah exactly where it's just like it's just well it's turned into basically like what is like like a like a vending machine box where it's like you mm. want something you click a button and it get, and it goes to you
0: well it's it, like the meat industry right like we all eat meat but like how many of us have killed something right exactly you know it's like I, that's that's one one of my one of my you know ambitions in the next few years is when I have the material means like i want to go out and make a kill at some point in my life and that's often a very provocative thing to say to people like I've encountered a lot of friends who consider themselves like very compassionate liberal whatever term you want to use who get really upset when i when I'm like yeah I want to go hunt a deer um because to them that seems like unnecessarily cruel and i have to explain to them that like actually me making that kill is like a connection to the fact that i do enjoy and, and i do eat meat and i do really it's like an important part of my diet and i do want to have that connection to the act uh, of slaughter because so many of us just you know our culture is built around like the systematic you know distribute you know the systematic
1: distribution of
0: passing suffering. of the buck is like we we, we all go and get like nicely packaged steak, and we were totally uh, insulated from, from the real experiential cost of
1: how that steak came on our plate. You it's, know? The con, it's the uh, it's the it's cons, the uh, consolidation of suffering as f- to a point that is as far away from the consumer as possible. Right. And, Everybody and who eats meat. Has is is like you know basically responsible for the immense amount of suffering that goes into the creation of of like right. the edible meat. Well,
0: it's not just meat either. Like T-shirts, industrial bears. agriculture. Like, yeah. what do you think happens when you send a wheat thresher through a field? Like, there's plenty of rabbits and squirrels and birds that are getting chewed up. Like, death is part of the process; it's an inherent part of it.
1: Well, and more more importantly, well, and you know, what about the slaves and other countries? making our clothes right you know
0: totally the whole it's 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 like an inherent part of the system right and and we can you know it it, it very quickly becomes like too big to
1: fathom and too big to really like and invisible as well yeah Uh, you you and that's what what art can do is make you like it can't raise awareness uh in 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 like a uh uh efficacious like political way like art cannot change the world politically politics does that you know mass movements and organization but it does like made it on an individual level like it's an incredibly like it's an incredibly profound experience to be made aware of like those sort of invisible like forces in your life Mm. that you never see and that's that's like system aesthetics you know that's the 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 sudden revealing of of like the hidden of the hit of the hidden you know hand that it doesn't have a single face doesn't have a single you know uh like isn't just some dude pulling the levers you know what i mean
0: (laughs) (laughs) why uh sasha why do you make art
2: Because I'm a narcissist, and I'm a little baby boy who sees so much suffering in the world, and I have no idea what to do with it, and so I make art about it because um, it's like un, uh, like it's unprocessable. He can't
1: metabolize it. Mm, sorry. Let's see. You're- so He's it's a like
0: king. a. Would you say it's almost like a coping mechanism?
2: No, it doesn't cope very. Uh, it's not coping. It, there's there's no. There's, it- it's an un unpackable wound.
1: Mm. It's, it is a coping mechanism it just doesn't work very well okay
0: it's like the best one that you found though <laughs> yeah
2: yeah yeah because there's other people can enjoy it but it's it it is no different than like i don't know other people like somehow finding joy in me like shooting up you know mm. if if that could be like a commodity commodifiable thing i would do that too if, yeah. if it made people smile
1: the la beast does that there's a guy on youtube that just oh my god himself. king i've heard about that, that guy tortures Ooh. himself for money. like it, he it he that, like eats glass Yeah, his art it. is pure
3: yeah. his, his, his his art is, is
2: pure and is beautiful and it is and it is full of dignity
0: my brother's all about shout out to the Trown He's he turned me on to L.A. Beast. He's all about those videos.
1: It, 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 he is it, is. it is. It is the most direct relationship to, from uh, to suffering to, to suffering and like the like uh, uh, material benefits of of like suffering. Yeah. Can you have if art without be... suffering?
2: No, you no. can't. And um, Ideally, we we would have a hundred L.A. beasts or an army of L.A. beasts, and then we could change the world.
1: Yeah, we could ch- change the world with with an army of L.A. beasts. You can't have art without suffering, because you need because society needs to produce a surplus of resources for art for artists to be able to exist. And the surp- and like the,
2: and the, the, the surplus comes from exploitation. Yes, the mm-hmm. surplus and comes suffering from. and blood and death. It it.
0: So you can't be a happy person and make make art. You no, can. You can, be. you
2: can, but you're ignorant. No, I mean, yeah. There's a level.
1: <laughs> you either do it through through knowing or unknowing ignorance. You know, uh-huh. people. Everybody's driven to make art. Like we all have the creative instinct, mm-hmm. and it's not about happiness. It's just like it's it's just like saying like I wish I could fly, but like gravity makes it so I can't. You know, mm. art has art I know, for an artist to be able to have a studio practice and to make art like full time or even part-time, there has to be a surplus of resources for them to be able to eat, because they're, they're not producing the food they're eating. Somebody else has to do that. You need an amount of wealth uh, in a civilization to be able to sustain artists, sustain creatives. You know what I mean? I think of there are plenty of jobs that, that uh, interact with the world in the same way, that like do not produce anything and require the suffering of others and their exploitation to like, maintain their living... Their like their living standards while this while that person does that job, but art is probably the most necessary of them all. You know, maybe being like a being like like a journalist is probably like a, a, a less uh, is like another less good. Uh, Not anymore. You how so? Journalism. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's like journalists, All they do is all they do is they they work in the same way artists do. You know, they don't produce anything except for, but they you know. They eat others' food that uh and they you know wear the clothes that others have made for them, but you know they're able by doing that they're able to create something that is you know what does it bring joy to other people no it doesn't it never does never never does
3: have what doesn't ever? what doesn't
0: bring joy journalism <laughs> journalism <laughs> well journalism at this point seems pretty like masochistic. In a lot of ways, like, how many happy journalists are there out there?
2: How much fear can we pack into these words?
3: <laughs> you,
1: you know what? I really, I get mad whenever I watch, whenever I read, like, the New York Times opinion page or, like, see Rachel Maddow really? on TV. You do? I get mad about it. <laughs> and here's the reason why I get mad about it is because think of the amount of, think of the amount of, like, effort by, like, poor schmucks across the world that goes into maintaining that person's lifestyle uh-huh. so they can just produce that garbage yeah. that n- makes nobody happy that doesn't is Rachel engage...
0: Maddow an artist
1: yes yes she is an artist yes. I think I yeah uh, sorry Rachel uh, what do you mean sorry Your work is art I'm, I'm retracting that statement her
2: work is art
0: yeah the, uh, the But some
2: art needs to be punished <laughs>
0: <laughs> that might that might have to be the name of the show yeah. <laughs> some art needs Pun- to be
2: punished yeah yeah punished art
1: Uh it's it's the, I mean, you know, like,
2: God, I mean, bro, I love your neighbor, God damn. Yeah, just how love, hard is that? Bro? Yeah, love, love just of, fucking Jesus love people. Christ,
1: like, bro. it's just, it's, it's, ridi- it's ridiculous. Like, you know, I, I, I think, I think there's a, I think that there's like all the shit that like made, scaffolds the art world and mm-hmm. like keeps the keeps the spice flowing, mm-hmm. is just like a lot of is just you know, and a lot of old people with a lot of money. Who some of whom are incredible patrons, by the way. Some of whom are incredible patrons. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of whom don't give a shit about art.
2: Mm. Uh, Eli Brode, who's recently died, I think. King. <laughs> King. He had no trepidations about who he was or what he was doing. He actually had it on the nose. Yeah. He. You walk into the Brode Museum. It literally is
1: just a price list. It's I like
2: honest people.
1: What? What? So who is he? Because he, he was a, he was a he was a corporate accountant that was very, very wealthy and started a museum. And that museum basically had his art collection in it, which he curated the collection by how expensive the art was. Okay. <laughs> you know, there's... The the only honest man in the art world. Literally, it's like, is it, is it? does it cost a lot of money? All right, I'll buy it
0: was that like <laughs> was that like a statement he was trying to make? No, no it no, wasn't no, intentional no, no, at
1: all. No.
2: No, okay. no. That's why I was honest.
1: That's why I was honest is that it was it was that. It is
2: that. Even if he no matter yeah. what the intent is. And he never he, he said, said he anything that. otherwise either. So
0: was that was he almost like like an autistic figure like he wasn't aware that he was putting this statement out? No, he's
1: just he was just a rich schmuck that Who liked are we? to write off his
2: taxes. <laughs> Who know. are we? Who are we?
1: Who are we? <laughs> yeah. I'm I mean and, and like, that's the – and that's the another thing is, like, you know, pe- so much, like, like, like the, the economic benefits of being an art collector and the social benefits of being an art, art collector and patron mm-hmm. is, like, motivates a lot of people who, like, you know, partially – I'm personally very grateful for these people to exist in a way because we've made money that way. It's mm-hmm. a way we've made money. But they also, like, people get into it not for – because they like art but because they want to, you know – there's a, there's a status that comes with it. And there's a status that comes with it, which means they want to be treated like they are. Like, like I, I mean, it's a completely self-fulfilling cycle where, like, if if you have a collector who buys from you a lot, mm-hmm. like, a gallery will treat him like a king. And yeah. they will, like, give, for, for example, give him access to all the sexy parties that, like, go with, like, being in the art world and, like, go with being, you know, a part of, like, a cultural, like, pushing the envelope sort of scene as yeah. we were talking about last night. And it's like you know maybe a collector wants to be a part of that, and he feels like by mm-hmm. buying the work he can be included, buying access into yeah, the scene. Exactly. And isn't that
0: an important part of uh, like? Can can we accept that that's just a part of the process? No,
2: it, it, no, do not accept. I, I, we,
1: we don't. I don't think we should accept. There's
2: it, a running but, policy at the gallery where if someone has a manic episode or like a schizophrenic break in front of a piece, they get that that piece for free. Yeah.
1: If they start, if they like 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 horrendously
2: crying, like just mm-hmm.
1: furiously crying,
0: or dry
2: heaving, any kind of like, up, does like it have to be
0: linked it? to the piece? Like, because I could see a lot of people just if stumbling off the street <laughs> yeah. in the middle of a manic episode. Yeah, no.
2: Well, you gotta you gotta see their eyes, and then you can you'll be able to gauge. But if it, if it is the whole show, then yeah, they get the whole show as well.
0: And also, I, I want TBD, so it's to be determined yeah. by you guys. Yeah, <laughs> exactly.
1: Yeah, we're we're the ultimate ar- arbiters. We're Walker. the we are the gatekeepers. Yeah. The punished gatekeeper. I just
0: don't want this podcast to send a bunch of skits easier way.
1: Try.
2: I'd get love it. No, no, if this please, happened. please, 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 please. I would please. love it if that happened. <laughs> please. The more honest people, the better. Please. Yeah. The more honesty, the better.
1: I. But like, I, I. think there's a difference between accepting, like the accepting and like, uh, the art world and its flaws, and like just knowing, knowing and knowing it. Like, it doesn't have to be this way. Like, art mm-hmm. has not not always been a globalized market. You know, uh, and then, the, for example, like when the, the National Endowment for the Arts was a robust, a robust institution, like there were plenty of artists who could who could make work from like just getting grants from the government, which in my personal
2: belief is the way it should work, mm. is that we should. The United States will never have a public yeah. works project project again, brother. Yeah, no,
1: yeah. there is no there is no public works in the United States anymore. But back in the day, the National but Biden's
0: Endowment, plan.
2: Where, where (laughs) is the public works? Where, tell me, uh, literally show me the highway uh, building project. I will go work
3: right now. I would
1: love to be a part of the civilian conservation corps, President. I would like. I want the government to give me a uniform to wear every day. I'd love that. But no, what? Also, by the way, everybody talking about how much they love Ruth Bader Ginsburg. She was a part of the vote that destroyed the, the National Endowment for the Arts. She <laughs> voted. She was a part of the Supreme Supreme Court vote that like that like basically like put the put the was it the unanimous for those? It was unanimous.
2: Wow. Mm.
1: No, no, it wasn't actually. It wasn't. There was a different who was justice it? who's who, dead who, like, who voted. Who, who was it? Who, I don't remember his name. He's what dead. side
2: of the the aisle? I I
1: don't. He's probably a Democrat.
2: I don't know. Okay. Mm.
1: I it's just it's just like and like that's that truly is like that that's the way it should work is and I'm not saying like you couldn't have a commercial like art you know art market on top as well like uh like happening parallel to this but mm-hmm. like if the government like just I think are the government's job of like as like the you know the steer the captains of our society should be to manifest create divinity it art and like the things that we leave over when America falls apart like mm-hmm. we need a history of that and a lot of wonderful I, it makes me incredibly sad to think about all the fantastic wonderful artists that just for one reason or another just because there's so many so many good artists and there's you know and then the art market by necessity has to keep inventory and like product low that they are never able to have their career have careers have their work Seen by the public and eventually go in museums and be studied by students mm-hmm. uh, later, uh, like later down the road, if the government just gave every, every artist money to be able to make their work if we valued art as a society in a way that is like something that is necessary like a necessary good mm-hmm. for the public
0: self-evident no
2: it is we uh, value liberty instead yeah we love liberty
1: mm-hmm. um and free and the, we love the freedom to choose whether you want to work at mcdonald's or for no, uber eats
2: the freedom to say no yeah the freedom <laughs> to starve it's the, the freedom, freedom to, to not do what do anything mm-hmm
1: the freedom to uh work or die you could die but, could but
0: if the government was was paying for art wouldn't that like fundamentally change then
1: you know th- that would have the that market would mean, fundamentally no. changes the way art is art, art, what art is like uh like popular and in the zeitgeist mm-hmm. you know and it's much I think the government is just a better way to do it but what about no, then, but wouldn't but that that would that
0: eliminate people being able to criticize the government with their art?
1: No Because
0: how are you going to get your grant If you're critiquing the people that are going to be found
1: How are you going to How are you supposed to be a popular artist artist today And critique like you know uh, Critique I don't know what, oh, if, what if you wanted First to prote- rule
2: I learned In art school Is don't criticize Another living artist ever Or an
1: institution Like there are mm-hmm. These institutions Are submers- subm- are like you know Already enmeshed With government officials And like with The elite of our society They don't like it be like being criticized And today If you make work That criticizes them To a certain Past the point of acceptance Past mm-hmm. like the Past point the of orthodoxy rigging, they, you won't be accepted. Like, all these things are the case just with the invisible hand of the market.
2: There's no pushing of boundaries. It is it is massaging of the centers.
1: Exactly. So, except with the NED, like, it would be a federal... It would be, like, you know, a, a federal national system of supporting artists rather than relying uh, on the whims uh, of the market.
2: But wouldn't but those that people... would inherently mean that there's a purpose behind it. Exactly. Uh, there uh, would have to be a purpose behind uh, why are uh, doing this in the first place. Uh, uh what's the opposite of purpose? But what, what... Liberty <laughs> <laughs> But what would what would
0: uh like what would stop the people that you guys are just talking about who are the quote unquote invisible hand of the free market who are seeking whoa, whoa, like whoa. the, the we've never said that there's
2: a free market. I,
0: yeah, I
1: said the invisible hand of the market. Sorry, my mistake. My mistake. <laughs> but what
0: would stop those people from just taking the same role as in government?
2: Um well, wait,
1: do you mean as in being like well no, because those people aren't like they're the people who are tastemakers that sort of like uh manage that sort of like manage the the uh, de facto system of what uh, of what art becomes like generally known becomes studied becomes canonized mm-hmm. they don 't do it knowingly they are just participants by b- either buying the work ch- by either buying the work as collectors mm-hmm. being part on the board of museums as collectors and choosing the work to put in the museum that they also happen to have in their collection to make the value go up. The right now, the what drives what art is popular, what art becomes known, and eventually becomes studied, is the, is the uh, is like monetary value, which at least if in a in like a, a complete compa- command federal system, would like it would be something other than just like money that decides and like what what people have. The, what you know, in, <laughs> investors have decided is most profitable. That also becomes like the art of our society and what we leave after we're gone.
0: But wouldn't you just be transferring that
1: power to like a, bu- a bureaucrat then? Uh, but the, so we've had this before. He's you tiptoeing
2: know. around the the pizza populist. I I I, <laughs> I would rather I
1: would rather it be in the hand of a knowing in the knowing hand of a government bureaucrat, which would which would necessarily be. Have be accountable to like you know their constituents rather than the complete lack of accountability of the unknowing, monadic like dozens of people that control all these levers without any coordination.
0: But surely you can't. You don't claim that our system has any sort of accountability as far as government. Well,
1: days. exactly, no. because our system is run by the market. It's entirely run by the market. And, of course, like, it would, there is very little accountability. But you're sort of saying, like, everything that you're it's saying wrong. Is wrong, would be wrong with it is the case now, except on top of that, nobody's aware that they are part of managing the system. There is no plan for, like go moving forward there's no greater uh like architect deciding like you know what what why do we produce art in this country and like what is it for beyond Mm -hmm. just money you know what i mean and it was like it's just interesting
0: to hear you talk that way because i hear the exact same arguments made from people on the who are arguing for more free market enterprise and more liberty. And they're liberty wrong. And there liberty. Is,
2: they they, wrong. They are wrong. When he says market, he means private interests. There yeah, is I no mean, market. There is no market. There is just private entities, just lords, okay. little, little feudal, feudalists, all competing with each other.
1: <laughs> I don't <laughs>
2: – and, and, Yeah, anyone listening to this podcast is not part of the market.
1: Yeah, we, Yeah. none of us are part of
2: the market. Yeah, I, even I am not part of the market. If you've ever eaten Panda Express, perhaps one day you're not part of the market. And that's the thing, where it's like I—I I, that is where I,
0: I've never eaten Panda Express. Though, does that
3: make me uh, in the? Damn, market? Hobie, I mean, damn Ho, it, Hobart, you're was, in.
1: yeah, yeah, i in You've there. made it. You've made it.
0: I don't. I can't tell. Maybe it was P.F. Chang's. So I can't tell the difference.
1: No, I. I think. I think that's where, like, with the libertarians, that's where, like, I just come to a hard disagreement. Where I, I, I think, and I know that they're wrong. Um. But – and partially I think that has been proven by the fact we functionally run our society as, like, a libertarian – as a libertarian experience. I know some people would say, oh, it's not pure libertarianism. But, like, as – since Reagan came in, like, you know, we basically let them – let private interest have its say and have the, like, command – commanding heights of uh, the uh, – of, like, the our resources and, like, of the levers of power, and nothing good has come out of it.
0: But the libertarians would argue like the opposite that it's always there's always been government meddling and control in the markets and that that it's that it's actually like what was done was was increase the size and power and scope of government.
2: Uh, and where, where, how do I'm not libra- saying I disagree. No, with I know, you, I know. You know. I have <laughs> a question: How do the libertarians um, try to like manage an entity that is so large, such as any of those monster corporations? Right. I you think know. their
0: argument is that, that that it needs to be like decentralized by who and, and give it well, yeah that 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 becomes the argument is like who has the authority to do that
1: i think there has to be somebody has to have an authority like there is we should not be afraid of power and There's this is sh-
2: where we get fun yeah this is the who has the authority question mm-hmm. is where the fun stuff comes in exactly. let's go one by one like around the board let's go Pete, you go first <laughs> who, it's who i want to yeah have yeah authority. yeah go go yeah
1: uh i like as as go, go, yeah, yeah, me yeah yeah
2: me P- okay. <laughs> okay okay pete pete gets the authority hobie you're next
0: who do i want to have the authority yeah
2: man that's mom no important. sorry my mom i would <laughs> rather my mom have the okay. authority we have a okay pete's mom
0: yeah yeah the, i mean that's a great question i i'm i've i've been struggling with that a lot lately because like my knee-jerk reaction is that i don't think anyone should have it and but but they the argument i can see is that how do you how do you then escape a mo- from having just a mob, you know,
1: exactly. or like what? just a bunch of little power brokers that have their own authority that, and their but own that to, to me, that power. doesn't
0: sound worse than like a big centralized power.
1: I mean, you know, like in, th- in theory, yeah, but like, this is the current world we live in of, of global, mm-hmm. massive global systems requires mm-hmm. management. We are, like, are, 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 we're currently driving, like, our this human civilization, like, in, into the grave by, mm-hmm. like, the, a lack of, like, like what's it called? Dignity, like, be, like digni- dignity and happiness-focused management of, the, of like, the global sy- system and economy, you know? Sasha's turn. Sasha's turn. A, a
2: yeah. god king. <laughs> a god king.
0: Sasha wants a god king.
2: Yep. Yeah, Sasha wants one poet
1: poet king. That is also yep. we also revere warrior as, poet. So like revere. the rock,
0: you want the rock? No. Yeah. Oh my no. god. Yes. yes. So, I would love no. the rock
1: to be the ultimate like primordial <laughs> dictator of the planet. Are you kidding me? He'd be look. He's big. He's very large. I think people would res- would respect that in him. Um. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> I love it.
0: I love it.
1: Of it is fantastic. No, I, I don't
2: think the rock could do it. I don't think the rock could do it. Maybe,
1: maybe that person Joe
2: Rogan? Joe, I think Joe Rogan would Joe be, Rogan be, would crumble. He would, under I, I the th- weight of the,
1: the earth. I think I think Joe Rogan would hate that job.
0: Is is there a well he's I think he's too smart to to want I mean he said so himself. I don't think I, I think that he kind of He said he's too
1: smart to want it.
0: No, he said <laughs> that he's too dumb to want it, but I'm saying that like what he what he said is that most people that actually would be good fits for the job are people that like by that nature would never want it. Of course, but it's almost think... like something you ought to give to someone impose. Well, someone yeah, because
2: because in, inherently in that position you have to but destroy he... people who disagree with you,
1: and it's necessary. I mean, but history shows <laughs> us that there. History shows <laughs> us. History shows us that we have had <laughs> the good purge. Leaders. History shows us that we have had good leaders before. You know what I mean. Like there are like like we can't. We shouldn't be afraid of power. Like we shouldn't be afraid of like like taking the the earth by the fucking tectonic plates What and makes a leader? What makes
2: a good leader? Also, me that and P Franklin do not, Delano Roosevelt Yeah, we don't believe leader. in the great man theory though. Just keep that in mind. Yeah,
1: no, we don't because I don't believe that it's actually like somebody's moral like inver- moral composition and virtue that makes them a good leader. It's about like what Huey
2: fucking long.
1: It's about what require what is what they rely on as their base of support and power. Like what is it that's holding them accountable? What is it that is maintained? what is keeping them In their jobs, you know, and for example, right when our country was at its best was not at its best, but at one of its more better points, the uh, like the Democratic Party relied on like primarily like support from working people and unions and organized working people. And because of that, because they relied on their support, they did things in to benefit their interests. And it was in mutual interest for like for the for the political leaders who wanted to keep their jobs and for the union and for the union leaders and people in the unions and the working people and all the marginalized groups to to uh, like to maintain those people, keep those people in power because they were helping them, you know. It's like we have it. It's about, you know, this is a libertarian term is incentives. It's about like, is there a good incentive or a bad incentive? Mm-hmm. I think right now there's only adverse incentives mm-hmm. for like, pa- for like maintaining and keeping power. Yeah. You know? And we're just, we're just two archmucks too. Like, honestly, right. we, we, we. I'm going to be the next
2: pope, actually.
0: No, it's, it's, this is, <laughs> but this has been like a refreshingly civil discussion of politics. Lately, it feels like it's so rare where you can even like talk about what people believe in without people starting to identify and get really triggered and, and they get really emotional and, and, the, and, the, and
1: the, the Overton window is so small too that I feel like what's the, the Overton
2: window oh it's this evil thing
1: it's this basically it's the it is the window of like what is discussable like politics in the public space like mm. what is the like yeah. the window of like Acceptable like, topics
0: ex- Acceptable topics And
2: there's a range And then it, it grows Larger and larger Until the most heinous shit Is acceptable mm-hmm. and, yeah, like, But I don't believe It like
1: all like these arguments Just were down to like People like basically being Like I want this guy to. I want this guy Who I personally identify with To be president No I want this guy Who I personally mm-hmm. identify with To be president Oh I, I don't support I don't I like I don't support Abortion Because like I'm kind of Fucked up in the head Sorry I mm-hmm. Because like I have Because you know I just don't And somebody else is like Well I do And then that's sort of the end of the conversation right. and it just happens over and over it's fear and over of sacrifice over again it is the, a fear of actually changing the world it's a lack of mm-hmm. imagination because even your most
2: to any effect to yourself is a really important point even your mother well, why do two... change everything as why long as nothing happens Why do those two people need
0: to, to live
1: under the same system? Why do those
0: two oh, people Oh, that's
2: exactly what we were saying earlier. Either they do or one kills the other.
1: One not kills. One... Why does that need to happen? Why does it wait What what do you mean? Why do those well, two Why
0: why can't the person that wants to have abortion live in in a set of rules where there that where that's happening and the person that doesn't want it can live can we say
1: use it with a different with a non-culture war question yeah like that is of course it's it's culture war you know it's entirely like it's just like cultural difference it is cultural differences turned into politics cultural like you know differences
0: and that's to me that's what has been most excited you know interested me with like the liberty movement maybe not the traditional libertarian party but there are people trying to create change that, that is going to say like rather than needing to fight the culture war we can declare a truce and people can live live and let live it, it does, not everybody needs to live under the same
1: well
2: but then you, you know how do you have like how a government do you distribute resources
1: yeah how do you distribute resources and how do you have like a government system for example like planned parenthood which
2: is like i believe not For entirely, people who don't believe uh, in abortion That's a total waste of resources It's
1: not a, It's not only a waste of resources It's an evil use of resources yeah, yeah, yeah. And any And its existence at all Is like antithetical To their like belief In how the world should operate Which is What I respect about them Is that they They know that like Not that you must Like you must That like For If if there is a right way You cannot a can't the Part of the, the right way To do things Is mm-hmm. about not tolerating The wrong way
3: <laughs>
0: Well yeah Okay so that's a great point Like where i think where it comes into is the tolerance of the other right if if you could have two cultures coexist and maybe they can't coexist under in in one governmental system right like I'm, what's like why do people have to be ruled over by by a system that they don't agree with
1: uh because like well on an individual well, that's sort of like an individual basis thing like agree like the word agree for example you know that doesn't denote like. None of us
2: e- agreed to be born. First yeah, off, yeah,
1: the agreement doesn't denote like your economic, like your relationship to like your material circumstances. You know what I mean? Where it's like you are born either there are two ways. You are either born holding holding money and like have the interest of being a money holder, or you're born somebody who doesn't and have the interest of somebody who isn't one of the people mm-hmm. holding holding capital. And all that culture war stuff is just sort of like like the like. Tenth, de- tenth, like derivative, like uh, processing of like people's uh, dissatisfaction with their material circumstances mm. being reflected into these issues, channeled into them. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like Donald Trump. Like, I feel. Like you ask like conservative voters and Republicans like what they liked about Donald Trump, they won't give you a straight answer. They none of them will give you a cohesive answer. Dragon energy. But he, yeah, but he but he spoke to their dissatisfaction.
0: Right. They like well they what they liked was that he told them that he was for them. Exactly. He and he was just the only politician that wasn't like actively saying you guys are wrong and I hate you.
1: Exactly. You know, and that's what's and that and that's and sort of like so all the culture war stuff ultimately I think is like
0: a corporate like, distraction it's it's uh, yeah,
1: of course yeah of course it's a distraction but I think it's something that we could that like is possible to like supersede and like mm-hmm. like defeat as like a like as a conflict in our society as if you're able to like strike at the point that like under
2: underpins all of these cultural fights that we have you know what I mean and what do you think that point is that point is uh wait wait I, we can get we can do it right now actually what's that song that all the celebrities sing uh imagine the was... no no it was like We are the world, (laughs) we are the children no, no, yeah. so let's start giving uh-huh. we you, the way you
1: do that is by – off I mean, I actually don't think it's possible to do it in America anymore mm-hmm. i've kinda i'm I've kind of lost like any hope for really yeah, really, like you know you offer people like you offer people things that will change their lives on a, like their daily lives mm-hmm. you say i w you will have you will earn more money, you will have a better place to live, you will mm-hmm. be able your children will grow up in a better society, you won't have to pay for health care, you know right. all these things. Normy ass fucking thing like and if Mm -hmm. so ultimately like that's uh, supposedly how you how you strike under strike at those underpinning issues because that's something that is much more intimate and like and like relevant to somebody's life is like addressing problems that they face on a daily basis that stem all from the same place yeah yeah you know but they uh but that's not how we do things here because we are all just like kind of plugged in so much and so self-aware and so mm-hmm. self-conscious and always thinking of you know what's it called it's Optics. funny that we're
0: self-conscious but we're also like totally ignorant of our own selves so often like like what is our culture but not like rampant escapism
1: exactly you know? it's, yeah it's 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 a Opus. incredibly collective project to it's a it's a hugely like top-down coordinated mm-hmm. collective project to venerate the individual as like a as the as like a the primary state of being mm-hmm. it is the like so much goes so much coordinated efforts go into convincing people that they are alone in the universe and that is why I think libertarians are are uh, crypto feudalists and are <laughs> wrong Dead
3: wrong
2: But
0: man we are aren't, aren't we all alone In the universe No No, we no, not
2: I, I have my pro right here yeah, I have and, my pro right and here And there's a big a Hairy man upstairs Waiting to give me A big ass hug Okay
1: We aren't alone In the universe We are Humanity is like and We actually, are And there's actually
2: there's a Man actually That uh, was born in Turkey A while ago um, <laughs> Pete do you want to yeah, Get into emperor that Yeah the emperor
1: of mankind Was born in Turkey In like okay. 200 BC And eventually he will In another 38,000 years uh, He'll he will be managing he'll be the one managing the messiah he'll be the messiah
2: yeah but for now just enjoy being um a little uh little little pillar on the blood blood castle yeah is is
0: art inherently escapism
2: yes yeah
1: yes a little bit yeah i mean it's it's escape i mean of course it's a form because like it's it's a form of it's 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 a pleasure without utility you know it's like we; it doesn't really have like a utilitarian purpose. So you could argue that it, it's a form of but escapism.
0: there's there's art that is utilitarian, and too, that's the right?
2: best one. That's the best kind.
1: But also, like that's but also it's spiritually grat- fulfilling and gratifying. You know, mm-hmm. like what's like there's nothing that g- like the utility. yeah, and that's like the utilities. Me, and, me and
0: my brother last summer, you know, we bought this barrel sauna. Right, it's like a mm. cedar barrel sauna from this company called Almost Heaven. And nice, it's amazing. Like we assembled it ourselves. It was like grown up Legos. Dude, it was only 3,600 bucks. Like it was totally affordable. And the cool thing about it was the design was so like intelligent and beautiful that a couple of us knuckleheads could put put it up in a day. And there was an art in the way that it was created. Like it, it, it really works. I, I could, that thing has been a I've, I've had like an immediate upgrade in my quality of life of and, and at the same time it's this utilitarian triumph right? Well
1: exactly but that's sort of the argument is like it has a utility mm-hmm. p- purpose to it where it's like if it stopped working in the way that you wanted it to to do that purpose like like maybe you would keep it around just because it's beautiful mm-hmm. but like the point like part one of the wonderful things about art is that it doesn't actually serve a utilitarian purpose, other than to make you feel spiritually like, I gratified,
2: disagree.
0: All right, let's. I want to hear this disagreement, Sasha. Now we're getting to the meat. Art
2: should have an exact spiritual purpose. Well, that's
3: but sp- there's a
0: difference between spiritual purpose and a utility purpose. Yeah, exactly. It should have, or maybe there isn't. No. I mean, I think no, that's we could argue No,
1: there is more. not. No, it's utility. It's it's uti- the utility is. It's like there's nothing that fulfills like the need and hunger that humans like that 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 humans have other than art like other than what art does is like you can't like there's no other way there's no pill you can take to make it so that you don't feel like you you don't feel sp- uh, like
2: fulfilled in a
1: way that is in a unique way oh
3: happens. i got like a I pill was, I like a i was saying
2: earlier like i was saying earlier in art school you you learn how to post uh or after Post-talk. the fact talk about what your art is doing and how it's supposed to like w- what it's supposed to be doing mm-hmm. and that's not the way it should be taught you mm-hmm. know and art the first thing that a person see and of course there's no way you can control this to a t because perspective is infinite but like it should make you or have an idea of exactly what its purpose is how it's going to make you feel or how you're supposed to interact with it whether or not it really hits it on the mark mm-hmm. is less important, but, but not, not unimportant.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I should give it a shot. You know, I mean, I think I actually like. I think RISD had like a, you know, they a lot. the are RISD, the rizzy's education was like focused a lot on studio practice. You know, they're making mm-hmm. art, which is good. Like, I mean, that's something yeah. you should be doing if you're in art school. Yeah. I always like kind of, like, like when I was at like my most pessimistic about it, I was like, I was, I always just thought like fuck, should I have bitten the bullet and gone, just gone to art school, mm-hmm. <laughs> you
2: know? Um, and I, on the other hand, was like, shit, I should have gone to state school.
0: <laughs> Which is that, you know, that's a common thing. You know, I can speak to that. You know, when I decided I wanted to, you know, study, you know, I was like, man, I already used my government money to go to school. I went to state school. I got the, like, communication degree that really hasn't done anything for me professionally, but has, you know... You could argue I'm doing this right now. Uh, and I'm like, man, I wish I had used that resources to go to film school because it's, you know, I, I don't have 90 grand in the bank to go get a L.A. film school degree. And, and and everybody that already is working in the film industry, they always tell me, just go do it. Like, don't don't go to film school, you know, but they all went to film school. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so like... You know, I like I, part of me,
1: I would say, like, is like I always say, like, you know, I feel. I feel like some, at some points I feel like I wasted a lot of my time at at college, but it wasn't a waste of time. I like that. You know what I mean? Where it's mm-hmm. like they waste a lot of they wasted a lot of my time, but it wasn't a waste of time. You know, it was like, for example, I would never have read Systems Aesthetics, the best essay I very much like, mm-hmm. uh, unless I had been in a class where it was assigned to me. You TV. might not never have met this guy. I right? would never have met Sash. I don't think we
0: ever. The way I've always seen I've always seen call like the role of college these days seems to me to be more of like a like an, a structured de facto rite of passage for like middle class and upper middle class people. Right. That allows you to kind of put training wheels on adulthood mm-hmm. and learn, at the same time learn to move through a bureaucracy, which was probably the most valuable thing I got from college, was just learning how to navigate the bureaucracy. Um, and true. the actual classwork is like, you know, I don't really know if I was in a place at that time in my life where I was able to fully take advantage of, like, the, you know, the kind of economic opportunities of, of, of rising my economic status. I think if I went back today, I could be a lot more driven. And, and the and the people in my class that were of an older generation, they were at the top of the class often and able to, like, get in, get out, like, use it as a utility. Yeah. I think that's part of, like, what the the issue is with with the with college today is that it's sold to like young people as this necessary cog in your development but in, in your, but your most young mobility. people don't have the life experience to really know how to get out of it what they can and so it becomes like this very expensive well uh like box that you check that for a lot of people you end up in debt and it ends up exactly. like actually hurting and you and, and your, in your debt
1: life. and that debt drives you to do to, to go into certain industries right. that will pay you more you know like mm-hmm. the real where is the class mobility like in a college education right finance and tech mm-hmm. you know like it's about just being another being another being going into the money machine and being running on the hamster wheel to make the money go you know what i mean yeah like there's no there is there is very there are li- There are few other options mm-hmm. i um i but i also i do see you know I like learning I think learning is good i uh I think so naturally the university is an important aspect it should exist mm-hmm. it should exist in in a society it's just again you know if you if the focus is which it has to be because people need money to live yeah. on improving your the your uh, like access and opportunity to make more money and have a better life then it's going to be per than that like the the like purpose and like uh, uh like benefits of it are going to be perverted in some way or another yeah i um uh I th- i think i don't know i think i think that like college was really really stupid in a lot of ways but but it was also like it was it was important for me like i fucked up i did i I had some major fuck-ups in school which if i had done them in real life wouldn't would not have gotten out of
0: but that's funny too even that you just subconsciously made that distinction right that college and real life are separate entities it is
1: the college is the exact opposite of real life it Uh is the most like you are treated more like a it is the you are in the like W- w- embrace in the bosom of like a like paternalistic institution. Mm. You are babied by not a person like your mom or your dad, but actually like by a full network mm. and like in infrastructure to baby you. Mm-hmm. which i loved i love that i could just be a little piglet and go <laughs> to the cafeteria and not go <laughs> on food that they prepared for me mm-hmm. i love mm-hmm. that all i had to do was sit in class and fucking take draw on my little notepad and be told all the time that i was a special genius and then i was very unique and, mm-hmm. and incredible all the time you know it's it was lovely it was very gratifying or rather uh, not correct. Would you
0: do you think you would feel the same way if you were $200,000 in debt right now?
1: No, not not at all. Not at all. I wouldn't feel the same way. If I was $200,000 in debt, I'd be very mad. <laughs> I would be very angry. Uh but I'm not. So that's why. <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: you <did> I... <laughs> know. What uh why, you know I I'm, again I'm, I may have repeated this question, but like why make art
1: fucking cuz you you're driven to do it. You're literally you're a human being, you have to make art. The creative urge exists in you no whether or not you mm-hmm. like consciously make fine art. You know what I mean?
0: Like Sasha, what were you going to say? You were about to say something.
2: Uh because I have there's no other way to like to move upwards infinitely.
1: Mm. there's no other way to be immortal to transcend yeah Yeah. than to make art and then to be like acknowledged as this your brain being so special that it was able to produce something that has no like utilitarian you know you strictly utilitarian like value added to society but it has like a like a godly like metaphysical benefit and you, if during your life you may be respected, you the you will be respected as somebody who's able to produce that, who's a who's a shaman who is able to channel the spirits and like put put into put into object like things that are not like you know like tangible. Well, but,
0: th- I, I think a lot of people would argue that e- even more in a, in a position of more primacy than, than than getting that externally, it's like the what you're giving yourself as an artist, right? Yeah. Like, like, I think a lot of artists would, would tell you that it's more important, like, that you're, in, in making art, that you're developing that for yourself, that you're able to give yourself that feeling of accomplishment or achievement than, than needing it, you know, externally.
1: I think everybody's an artist. Like, everybody does, like, put their creative, like, urges into something or another
0: just <laughs> shaking his head. Yeah,
2: this is not a disagreement. No, that's in all. That's Sacha. anarchist theory, right there. That's what would happen if, if they, we were in a true anar- anarchist society. But that's not what happens right now.
0: I like this, though. I like these. I like outlining these differences between you guys because because you are engaged in this marriage.
1: <laughs> I mean, we I we we do disagree on, on like su- a lot. And that's but things. that's super
0: important. It's like really important to have, like it's a, it's a mark of maturity that you guys are able at this time when it feels like it's so rare for people who have different beliefs to be able to coexist we wouldn't be able to be cooperate. successful
1: if we were exactly the same right That's the reason we started working together uh, is that we actually have pretty different strengths and weaknesses um, Complementary. that are somewhat complementary, not not no. entirely no. though no. not in, definitely not entirely
0: What what would you guys say are like the what are those strengths or how, how does, like, what do you guys each bring to this, this uh, partnership that that you think it's, is working right now?
1: I'll say what Sasha brings. Uh, we
0: can get all touchy-feely, you know. Yeah.
1: yeah. Sasha, yeah. Sasha's a man with a hammer. Uh, he's, you know, he's a, he's a practical human being. He has a mm-hmm. presence, you know, that is like, you know, that is very, you know, that is very genuine and like he he can just he is he has a will to power you know what i mean like he can he can make something happen and an incre- and in like like a, a, an unhealthy work ethic mm-hmm. like he will like he he if there is something that has to be done like no matter what stands in his way he'll do it or else or it will kill him you know that's something that's incredibly like you know that's very useful um he's also i think better at managing people our own age than i am um not managing, and I don't mean managing in, like, that sort of alienated way, but, like, just, like, being able to, like, very clearly communicate what, like, we need and what we want to give and, like, what – and, like, kind of kind of go – kind of, like, navigate those transactional, like, interactions that are necessary for any sort of business or any sort of
0: – So you'd say he adventure. puts the art in articulating what, what, <laughs> what your needs are?
1: Exactly, he's he's the he's the spirit. He has he has (laughs) spirit. He has a he has he has the spirit. You know, Uh, he's my courage. Yeah.
0: What about what would you say to that, Sash? What what does Pietro bring?
2: Uh, Pietro brings like a uh, uh, like a like a one. There's like just the library of knowledge, which is always nice to have. Um, Unending library.
0: Well, his last name is Alexander.
2: That's Alexandria. my first name. There you go. I've actually been to the new uh, library of Alexandria. It sucks. I don't know. Who, <laughs> I don't know who was the Sorry, I, I interrupted you though. Pietro's at the yeah, library.
0: Yeah. You're the hammer.
2: Um yeah. Uh, he's like a perfect um I wouldn't call him like a practical guy, but he like <laughs> in 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 terms of my like esotericism, he 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 brings it down to earth which is absolutely necessary because i will get lost in the clouds hmm. no not not yet have i found a, a guy who can like tr- translate you know for for me N- not saying that i'm i'm poorly articulating what i'm saying but um i have a a, a way of speaking like the bible which uh only my uh, f- fellow old testament appreciator can uh, really really uh fucking a <laughs> <laughs> nice.
3: can really get into yeah.
1: um Sasha has a beautiful way of like articulating his thoughts entirely mm-hmm. through metaphor. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, but it sounds like my brother. <laughs> are, the metaphors are more truthful than like the other like than the other way to say it, it is the most accurate way to way to represent it. Mm-hmm. But it's difficult when you compare like what you need when you compare like what like the, the our like schedule for the week is to like you know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, so that's another big thing. <laughs> Business wise, it works out great. There's a there's a giant like uh you know wide casting that between macro and micro um scheduling and and vision that w- so far has been easily balanced not not to say it's been sm- smooth but like we haven't really lost anything forgotten much or or like you know just completely shit the bed on something yet um yeah we've had we've had to backtrack and mm-hmm. like we've had mild crises so far, but like all of those have been caught and uh uh remediated so far. Nice. So, yeah, and on on top of that, he he's uh lethal with the older crowd. My god.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm curious like, you know, uh
2: No, I wait, I'm being ser- like lethal like yeah. like 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 Jason Bourne.
0: Okay. Nice.
2: That's scary. Yeah. Well, he came I mean, home looking like the Joker once. Yeah. If you ask him about oh it. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> Jesus
1: Christ! Yeah, that was scary to me too. Uh, Which Joker? Uh, uh he, Ledger. Ledger. Okay. Ledger. With just red. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I. At a At a yeah, uh, sta- magazine it, party. It
1: was at a release party for tour magazine. I was I was me and this lovely lovely woman was were staring at a picture of Giorgio Armani, and you know things happen when you look him in the eyes for too mm, long. Okay. That's, that's all, you know,
0: that's all. <laughs> well, I was going to say like, you know, n- you know, if, if who, for those who haven't figured out yet, Pietro's my cousin and I know <laughs> your family well, and you're the progeny of like two very prolific artists. So I was just curious, like, you know, having grown up like as this only child w- where both of your parents are these like accomplished working artists that have figured out, you know, some modicum of success, like how has that kind of shaped your perspective and your ability to work with artists?
2: We're going to crush, we're going to crush everyone who raised us and ever <laughs> gave <laughs> us any kind of benefit we're we going to yep. su- o- supersede them and, and make them dependent <laughs> on us entirely. Yeah, They're going to live in our shoes. Exactly.
1: Um, <laughs> no, I, well, yeah, well, that's sort of the mindset, you know, I, one is that I never, I like the idea of having a nine to five job was, is like, Tough, just because night nine. I mean, mom, moms, moms of a, a, a trooper. Like she had, she had a nine to five job. But even her nine to five was highly technical, mm-hmm. artistic, right? Creative job. So, like, it's you know, like it's sort of like them turning around and telling me like, go get a job and yeah. work for a living is like mm-hmm. sort of like fuck you. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> hey, wait, you did you didn't do that? Dad's life was fantastic. He his he had a perfect life. And I really he had a house liked,
2: made of railroad tracks <laughs> like
1: i want i want i like how i how like i couldn't had growing up in that like i it only i only realized it once i like left that space mm-hmm. and like realized what the real world was like, yeah, but like I knew that I have to do something in art because if i don't then i then i like have to then then i'm then I just have to, uh, like, my life on, a, on like, a daily basis will be run in a much less enjoyable way. Yeah. And will be managed by somebody else.
0: Well, you glimpse the, the potential that, yeah. uh, that your father as a model provided for you.
1: And right? mom, too. I mean, and mom as well. Mm-hmm. I think I, that's one part. too. it's like, you know, I just, like, you get a visual, like, well, you get, like, an aesthetic, like, sort of education, visual education, like, just passively growing up and sometimes actively like dad would sit me in front of his pieces and just tell me like what what does this make you feel like what is this would make me sit there and tell him you know which at the time i thought made me feel very uncomfortable and weird Mm. and like i didn't understand it i never gave a good answer but like that is like you know being able to look at something like that and like think about it and talk about like talk about it in a way that isn't just like purely utilitarian or saying like, that is like a piece of plastic on the wall.
0: So we, so he kind of like Miyagi'd you? Is he mi- he mean did
1: me, mi- he did Miyagi me. I swear to God, he did Miyagi me. He just like, he just like, dude, dude was like, he, he really did, you yeah. know, even though, and even though like, I literally like told him to stop when i from the ages of like 13 to like 18. Like mm-hmm. I, I still like very much like walked away with this, with like a, what I think was a very good and, and you know, Privileged, as in, in, just in rarity of like the kind of education that he he provided, as well as with mom, I think uh, on top of that, growing up with two artists, you see like you sort of have just like art around you all the time, and you and I you don't recognize how you need it once until it's gone. And mm. I went to boarding school for a semester in high school, and I was m- and one thing that kind of made me miserable. I liked, I loved the experience, but one thing that made me miserable was that I never had, I didn't have any art around me. You know, mm. it was like oxygen. So I knew after that. After that, I was like, oh, I but have to
0: no sublime blacklight poster on your dorm wall, bro. Uh,
1: there was no sublime <laughs> blacklight poster. <laughs> I had. I, I just knew it had to be like I, even like even when I went to college I went to college for electrical en- engineering originally because I <laughs> built robots because mm-hmm. my form of rebellion was being was I wanted. to scientist. you were an Uber
0: nerd, little thirteen year old. Exactly,
1: I want to be a scientist. But even then, even then, I was still taking art history classes because I knew I had to have it around me or else I, might, I would feel less happy. Mm-hmm. You know. And, event, and then eventually, I realized, oh, it's all the same. Every, 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 every like highly technical profession is basically the same thing. You just know different stuff. Like, why not just do do the thing that like I am, what I think is I'm most good at, and what I enjoy doing the most, what I like being around the most, the people I like being around the most as well. Uh, yeah. Also, f- combined with the people who I like being around the least, uh, I should say. You know, I mean, that's people. A... I love them and hate them.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a big. I, I can speak to that too you know that was you know i came you know from a different flavor of that but my parents were both artists as well and growing up i was acutely aware that like while technically i wasn't the most proficient musician Mm -hmm. i didn't want to live in a life where i wasn't surrounded by them yeah like to Uh, me like the camaraderie of hanging out with musicians and and just like the the way that the brains work and i am a musician like that's a hard definition that's been hard to give myself that definition. But like, I also just like you were just describing, like, I don't, I need to be surrounded by like the, 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 weirdness of people that make sounds
1: for a living. You yeah. know, like I, I, I do not. Uh, <laughs> I, I, uh, I remember we uh the family sing along <laughs> to this day. make me feel deeply uncomfortable. What, what's the,
0: what was the title
1: you gave? My mom it was so good. What was, well, I don't
0: know. Your, your mom just repeated it to me on this trip. It was like, She's like the, uh, was like, like the the militant uh,
1: jam Nazi. Oh yeah, like, she was uh, like yeah, she is the jam Nazi. I I and I like and I <laughs> and, and to this day I, I I I don't hate it. I just it makes me feel deeply uncomfortable. Yeah. I don't like it, but it's okay because it makes everybody else in the family happy. And as long as they're happy, especially mom, I'm happy. Well, it makes
0: me uncomfortable too. But but uh, but I but like you just said, like it it. Gives so many people joy. joy and and does really like when you look at it in aggregate, it's like creates this culture in our family that I think is really important.
1: Me and dad bonded at uh, some of the, our greatest points of bonding was us w- moping in the other room while you guys <laughs> did your jam sessions yeah. and us being like, God, this fucking sucks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Peter always uh, would make his, you know, that was one of my, the the funniest things to me was like seeing your dad, like obviously on like an edible, yeah, you know, t- to cope with the the loudness and the multi-textured, yeah. you know, I-, I felt like I was very aware, you know, we we do in our family this annual trip out to the desert to your parents' place, mm-hmm. this beautiful like little cabin, and I was I became aware, I think, in my twenties that like, while for everybody, for most of us, it was like one of the best weeks of the year. Really, really fun, like amazing week of like just free time where like, mm-hmm. you want to read a book, read a book. You want to eat some fudge, eat some fudge. You want to climb a mountain, climb a mountain. Mm-hmm. Uh But I do, did become like acutely aware that like for your father, it often was a bit of, of an ordeal to have this like large, you know, tribe of yeah. Parducci. Interrupting
2: his peace. Yeah.
0: Coming into his, his, you know, retreat.
2: But that makes the piece so much sweeter. Right. Yeah. But, exactly. but
0: you know, what made it okay was that when I would, you know, cause I would have these little asides with your father where I would try to like acknowledge that fact that we were in his sacred ground. He would always like ined- inevitably be so gracious. And so like, I think he also understood the, like, the importance of this space for our family and, and the, like the, like he, I, I I like to believe that he was despite whatever the hardships were, the, you know, the head shaking, the, the jams, the discomfort. I think it, it, he also really understood that this is like, this tradition was really important to our family and like this was a thing of beauty, you know? You
3: know, through,
2: um, through all the yeah he I, just got a paragraph
1: text sorry yeah sorry I, just, I, like got a, I got a i got a fat block text um a lot of uh
0: i just assumed it was this, you were emotionally caught up with uh, my beautiful uh, i am i am emotionally
1: caught out. i am emotionally caught up i'm emotionally i also you know like he did you know when you guys he always seemed so happy when you guys uh were like when you guys came mm-hmm. when like in the brief p- points of time where like uh like he was able to get the one-on-one with like members of the family. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sasha was going to say something like a minute ago, and I, he kept going back to the mic. Do you want? to... Is there anything you want to say? He uh, just made that up. I just made it up. Okay, well that's okay. I'm the talker. I can, I th- I can I can firmly say that. Uh, also, that uh, you know, it was the desert was a big part of part of a uh, big part for all of our family, mm-hmm. and it was a. It still is it still is and i'm very excited for us to go back oh uh, yeah do you, even do you, though the actual experience of it i i'm definitely lean further on dad's side yeah, a lot of uh, it, yeah it's still i know it's necessary you know it's something that like i don't like missing Even though you know so well maybe one day maybe one day i'll actually like take a take that the hikes with you guys.
0: <laughs> well i don't if you if you you know i usually i don't always take the hikes either yeah. That's my favorite thing is it's like
1: you can do whatever you want.
0: My mom also sometimes can be the hike Nazi. You know? and <laughs> the desert is like neutral ground where
3: mm-hmm.
0: I can say no to a hike and not feel guilty about it. And I can just a lot of it is like me and my brother, like being able to like exercise our right to putz around because that's, you know, our, it's all it's all love. Like it, it, it's our mom wanting us to, to transcend and be healthy and, and make good life choices but there there's something about getting together and i was just talking with your mom about this on this trip getting like the claudia like stepping into like the claudia sphere of influence Mm -hmm. uh for for me and my mom is like i think me and your mom have so many similarities in in the Mm. way that we uh idealize our lives like what, what we point to as our ideals and ha- and that's one of the things that I love, your mom, she's like, uh, I'm so grateful having her in my family as, and as my aunt is that there are so many similarities with her and my mom, but there are some ways where like me and Claudia are way more alike mm-hmm. and way more similar. And so we have this connection. It's almost like this space where I can hang out with my mom, but it's like, sorry, mom, this isn't your house. You yeah. know, like we're, we're living under, we're at Claudia's place and guess what? Like there's a lot of things that I align with her, yeah. you know, more than you in these ways. And that's, but we're still in the family, which my mom deeply believes in. And is mm-hmm. is very like sacrosanct. So, um, yeah, the desert's special. It's I believe,
1: special. I believe I have a show <laughs> to take you to Hobart. Yeah. I
0: think we got to wrap things up. Are there, right. are there any like little final isms or, or, uh, little bits that we didn't get to that you guys wanted to share before we wrap this thing up?
1: Um, uh, I really, really, I genuinely, I genuinely believe that someday, someday, somebody's gonna comb through this thing because mm-hmm. we're gonna be so successful and incredibly <laughs> famous that mm-hmm. this will be a juicy bit of uh, every, every, every second. Me and Sash and Hobart are talking. Will be, will, will be used against sold us. Sold as later. an NFT. And every second an is, every
0: second of this podcast is an F- NFT.
1: Yeah, as, as individual. The bidding NFT. starts at five grand a second. Um, I would say to your listeners whom I do not personally know and have not met oh. uh give give art a chance go to and go to an opening that looks like would make you s- looks really stupid and make you feel uncomfortable mm. in fact the opening I'm about to take Hobart to I chose because it looked really stupid and I thought it would <laughs> make him feel uncomfortable oh, yeah. uh and because you will be pleasantly surprised that mm. uh right adjacent to discomfort and like often discussed mm-hmm. is uh, a very unique kind of pleasure.
0: Hell yeah. I love that. Let's end on that. Thank you guys so much for coming on the Bartcast.
2: Thank you, Hobie. Thank and, you, Hobie.
0: And, uh, how do people interface with spy? What's the, what are the
1: appropriate hi- Hive Hive months Instagram and spy projects.com. Can
2: you
0: repeat that one more time? Cause I talked over you,
2: uh, at spy projects on Instagram. And
1: spy-projects.com
0: Okay Is that That's the best way To uh,
1: to connect with you guys Is through those yeah. yeah Through those Yeah I mean I'm not gonna list out My email to you guys Sure You, you know how to use The internet yeah. audience but, Spy uh, projects Spy projects And we
0: didn't say What the name comes from Let's just end with that
1: uh, Let's say It's Sasha Pietro And Yahweh Cool Sheesh All right. Well
0: Well. Uh, thanks for coming on guys No problem Thank you all for tuning in And uh yeah, we're done.
3: <laughs>
0: All right, there you have it. From the from their lips to thine ears, uh the spy projects crew in effect. If y'all want to go check them out, um that you can check them out on their website, spy dash projects.com. Um, And then whatever else they they put as their Instagram, I forget. But you can rewind and find that. Um, Thank you so much to Pietro and Sasha for coming on. You guys rocked. Um, I enjoyed the eloquence and the humor and all that. And uh, hopefully, you know, all y'all did too. Um, And uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Uh, Thanks for listening. And uh, until the next time. Be well, my friends. Much love.